Welcome, one and all, to the H3 podcast Live. experience. Oh, We're yeah. changing it to experience. Oh, nice. Because like it. it feels more. It feels We're trying to compete with Joe Rogan. So you have to. Because it's bad. When did that start? I don't know. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to hype it. <laughs> podcasts are boring. It, it needs to be an experience. But the life-changing experience. When you listen to this podcast, you will come out a different person and that's my guarantee too you will lose 200 pounds just by listening to this podcast (laughs) we've got the case study here this episode is sponsored by ring stitch fix the black tux and seat geek guys we are here with the great and wonderful buggy we have a lot to talk about one of the main issues is is weight loss and dealing with that and i thought maybe some of you guys have some interesting stories you'd like to share with us today live so give us a ring at 818-214- 8504 if you'd like to share your story with us um another note before we get into it loving the Ian the intern songs you guys put together uh, last week they're so freaking <laughs> awesome we had a competition not even competition but people were making meme songs about our intern awesome they're, you bl- blast us quickly dan Okay, give me one sec. Oh, no. Pull it up. Well, I, um, I'm not playing it on loop. In the back <laughs> why not? So why not? Be. <laughs> you should be. Uh, um, anyway, send them to podcast at h2hreproductions.com, and I'm going to tell you guys what. In the digital streets. Fuck yeah. you fuck I'll tell you guys what. The favorite tunes are going to want a brand new flipping Samsung Galaxy S9 Plus. What? Yes. The best right, phone go. on the market. On that real quick. I need a new phone. Let's go do it. I'm a, hey. Enter, it could be yours. Uh, today's guest needs no introduction. The great Boogie2988 is back here with us today. Last time you were here almost exactly a year ago. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. And you have since then, basically, when you were here previously, you were just about to undergo gastric bypass yep, surgery. Yep, I was, uh, let's see, it was June last year, and then I got surgery the f- second week of August, mm-hmm. and now I'm down a- 180 pounds. Wow. 180 pounds. Yep. Where did you start before you went into surgery? So my biggest ever, five, four, well, my biggest ever was 600 pounds, but just before surgery, you before lost. we started the liquid diet, it was 540 pounds. Wow. Yeah. And now we're down, down to like three, I guess I'm not doing my math exactly, so I don't know if it's 180, but I'm down to 365, six, 365. Wow. Before I got on the plane. Which That's... is still monumentally fat. Like, I am tremendously huge, right? I'm the, way more than both of you but guys. But 200 plus pounds some. is... You're right. That's how much but, I weigh. So I've still got a long ways to go. I, yeah. w- my doctor wants me to lose another 75 um, mm-hmm. and then just get right under 300. And then we got a lot of skin to remove, which, re- mm-hmm. I, like, it's so bad. Like, I look... Mm-hmm. Like, naked, I look like the Michelin Man blue attire. I look like Jesus. the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man <laughs> after the Ghostbusters movie. I look like the Elephant Man, but only from the neck down. Okay, Love it's that. Bad. It's so bad. <laughs> oh, so what, at what point during the weight loss do you say, okay, I'm going to remove the skin? Like, they, because you, I know you want to lose more. Right, so they, they don't like to do it within the first couple of years. They want the skin to, like shrink as much as it can like tighten mm. up and like they want to make sure you got as much fat out of there as you can right because it makes it easier like cauterize and stuff and at first i told him i don't want to do that i'm not interested like this who cares about this right right right, like, this right. Is, you know okay it looks like i'm a flying squirrel i don't give a shit but there's the the, the chest and like this underbelly the actual fupa fupa king i am mm-hmm. still the fupa king <laughs> yes. the actual fupa is like so uncomfortable and it makes it difficult mm-hmm. to exercise it makes it difficult really to walk. so the skin gets in the way yeah it's like straight up in the way and so uh-huh. that, it's not going to be like that for everybody some people my size or smaller don't have that problem some people my size who are younger don't have that problem but since i was in my 40s and yeah so it's it's a real issue mm. and like the the nurse she's like so we'll schedule that for the consultation for the 1 year mark 
And I'm like, with a plastic surgeon, I'm not going to get that shit. She's like, mm. no, you trust me. You're going to want it. Mm-hmm. And then at the four-month mark, I was like, ooh, I really want that. Well, That's bad. God bless. I mean, good problem to have. Yeah, it's a real good problem to have. Yeah. I, um, I don't know. It's just... It's weird. Like, they talked about body dysmorphia, and you hear that term a lot, like, for people who are trans and stuff. And I didn't. I was like, oh, that's not a thing that I could experience. Mm-hmm. But, like, I was really looking at old photos. I took all my old photos down. I couldn't stand to look at them. Really? When I, YouTube recommends one of my older videos, I'm like, who is that guy? I don't even look like that guy. <laughs> so anymore. what is the body dysmorphia part? Because isn't that when you, like, see yourself in a way that you're not? Right. So I still yeah. see myself at, like, 500, 600 pounds. Oh, okay. And, you don't see yourself any right, different than how so you used to I'll be. I'll look at a street corner, and I'll think, I can't walk to that. Mm. But I know I can now. Mm. Or I'll, like, I'll be putting on one of my shirts. I'm down to a 4X now. This is, like, a 6. This is falling off me but i'll put on a 4x shirt and i'm sliding it on i'm like oh this is not going over my body but mm-hmm. it does or like i'm walking through a, a restaurant or a store and i'm like i can't fit down that aisle it's just an actual disconnect with, right, yeah. with reality and like I've, how is that affecting your yeah you know, your continued weight loss efforts well they they've not as been as great as i would like you, I, I stalled right about i stalled right about you can three, pull it towards you a little yeah. bit so you can sit back i stalled right about like 375 for a while and then I started doing some pretty big cuts to get down to like about a pound of loss a week. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. Like I, your listeners may not know, right after I got the surgery, me and my ex-wife divorced. Mm-hmm. And like you guys didn't know about it until December, but we had talked about it for the first time in July. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we made the agreement like we'll get the surgery done and see what it's like after the surgery. But she was ready to go and I was still like bleeding. Really? Uh-huh. Yeah, I was not like even remotely recovered. I wasn't able to stand up. I wasn't able to really cook for myself. So, I wasn't able to clean. It was, it was, it was do you tough. Feel, I mean, it almost, it's probably hard not to be upset and to feel like abandoned in a way because it seems like you were right. vulnerable. And, and that's what it was. Like the timing sucked. But course, Yeah. Right. I mean, what you were saying, you went through a divorce, like life-changing weight loss, a, a really intense surgery all right. within the scope of three months. But I got, I got this like fight club mentality about it. Like just like let's just burn it down yeah. and just start over. Like let's just completely rebuild who and what right. I Right. I mean you have nothing mm-hmm. to lose. Right? It's exactly. like just fuck right? it all. And so I, I told a therapist, I actually lost my therapist over this conversation. Really? Uh, but I'm like, Therapists can leave. They right. They're that? like, I don't want to work with you anymore because you've got the wrong idea in your head. And what? I think it was the right idea, but she disagreed entirely. Um, but I'm like, so... I know that I'm miserable. Does that happen? That yeah. doesn't seem very professional. They're like, you know what? You're too fucked up. That's exactly what it is. They're like, I'm not a good fit is what they say. It's like, it's not you, it's me. Huh. That's what they get. They, it's not <laughs> that, you, it's me. That hurts. Right? But I'm like... Uh, but How did like, that feel, getting dropped by the shrink? It sucked. But I, I, I just moved on to the next one. Because uh, it happens. Like, sometimes you're a good fit, sometimes you're not. It's like sure. anything else in life. Yeah. And if you don't have a good therapist, if you're not a good fit with that person, it's really hard. Hmm. I mean, we were really good fit for a really long time. But the conversation I had with her, I'm like... <laughs> Um, so I realize right now I have to be miserable. I'm, I've gone through a divorce and divorces are miserable. You can't and avoid I can't the eat, misery. Right. And I yeah. can't, I'm, I'm physically in pain all the time and I, I can't rely on my one favorite thing in the world, which is food. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I can't drink. I can't smoke. I can't do weight. I can't like shoot cocaine. I can't do anything. Mm-hmm. I have no recourse. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to have to push through the physical pain. I'm going to have to push through the emotional pain. I'll have to, I'm not going to try to go back to an addict's state of mind right. and just try to avoid it and try right. to deal with it and like go back into stupid bad habits because I'm going to get addicted to painkillers. I'm going to get addicted to food again. Mm-hmm. I'm going to poison myself, you know. Um, and I'm like, I just have to accept that I have to be miserable for a while to do the work so that I can Definitely. be not miserable in the future. Right. And she's like, that's a very destructive attitude. You, you can't think that way. That makes sense to me. Right. And what she's was, like, what was, what was it? She's like, she if you choose to be miserable right now, you're going to end up 
going back to old habits. What you need to do is you need to start finding the joy in your daily life. And I'm like, I'm, there isn't any. Right. There isn't any. This is just the worst six months of my life, and I just have to deal with it. Yeah. And I'm so glad because now I'm out the six months, and I've went through the physical You're therapy, and now. I went through the divorce, and you know, I've dated a little bit. And You've dated? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, that was weird. That's weird. <laughs> How'd you meet him? Uh, tender, believe it or not. Yeah, it's real. So Wait, after how long of being together... So me, me and my ex-wife were together for, for seven years Oh wow. and married for four. And so that was tough. And so like I, every girl that really I met on Tinder, I on did the opposite of like try to woo them. I was like, so here's the thing. I just went through a divorce and I also got gastric bypass surgery. I, I, I look like I'm melting physically my and my brain is on fire, but I'm not looking to get into a relationship or nor do I ever want to be one. And again, I plan to die alone. Would you like to see <laughs> Can we the new Marvel here? movie with me? Because that's all I want. I just want yeah. somebody to go see the Marvel movie with me. Right. You like Marvel movies? Let's go see a Marvel movie. Yeah. I can go with my friends. So that's fine. So you can say not, not a, a bad opener. I have to right? say. It's not a bad and, yeah. and so like a, the biggest thing is, is, you know, I'm not a good looking guy, you know, I have like all of seven teeth. So like the girls are not physically like excited, but like they, they, they know me from YouTube. That's what's a big, been, been a big part of it. They're like, mm. well, I know you, you help my cousin, you help my, my, my brother, you help me. So you've gone on and a couple I, of dates to the movies. Yeah. And now, then, is anything, is there any special? I, there was one girl person? I was seeing for like two and a half months and that was fun. And she was really nice, but just wasn't a great fit. Right. Like she wanted more than I could like provide. Cause I'm just not like emotionally there. Yeah. You know, I was too busy, like, dealing with XY stuff and dealing with that stuff. So that was yeah. kind of nice. But, mm -hmm. yeah, it's just, I don't know. It, 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 I don't know. It, I don't know if I'll ever, like, trust again. Like, that's a stupid thing to say, but yeah. it's hard. Yeah. You know, but, like, at the same time, like, I have, I'm not really angry at my ex-wife. And I don't mm. really feel like I should be because we weren't happy. Right, sure. You know, and, yeah. like, that VidCon, I've never said this elsewhere. And this is the only place I would ever say this. That last VidCon, not just because of the Anita Sarkeesian stuff. When you were stuff. here. Or was that when you were here? No. Yeah, it was when I was yeah, here. Oh, what? Right, like, we, me, right and, yeah, me and my ex-wife were at our worst during that VidCon. Really? That traveling was so bad. We were having, like, an unhappy time in the, the mm -hmm. hotel, had an unhappy time in the car on our way here. It was a brutal—well, let me—I want to say—I want to say something. Yeah. <laughs> you were here almost a year ago. You are here with your ex-wife. Yeah. And when you came here, it was a, such a struggle for you to physically walk in yep. here. You were yeah. taking breaks. Yeah. You could, you came, you, you sat here because you couldn't really. Right. Like we, when we, we took else. the, we took the little, little did, intermission, you, you guys got up and walked around and I literally sat here right. and looked at my phone, even though I had to piss because I couldn't. Right. <laughs> but know, I'll say this time and you we walked took in. took picture with you sitting. Yeah. Can you pull those it. pictures up? Yeah. This time you walked in on by yourself. You're slamming around. You, we stood up and took a photo here as well. Like this was the one before. You couldn't get up, so we went over to that side and took the photo. It's so hard looking. And here's the new it's one. It's so hard looking at these older pictures for me. It really what? is. But it, does it not? Uh, here, blow that up a little bit. And this one, fucking, we did it in that goddamn iconic spot, dude. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, that's look, not you even, look great, man. That's a, that's a really good photo. I think. I, I'm, I'm getting there. I, you know, like I don't know. Most people when they lose weight, they look younger, and I, I'm getting older because you know, like fat doesn't crack is the joke, right? And so, like, I've started to see the crows. Feet I don't. And stuff. I don't agree. I don't Agree with that. Well, thank you. By okay. the way, why do you why do you why do you feel sad when you look at the old photo of you? Because I to me, I know the state I was in mentally hmm. and I was just like defeated and mm -hmm. I didn't care to fight 
mm. like the morbid obesity and I was trying like to get my brain around it and to, to want to do it and want to be healthy and want to be better. But I just didn't give a shit on some level. Mm. And that's why I just couldn't push myself Nothing to it. Clicked. Right. And like uh, the surgery, I mean, that was what it was like physical rehab, like being forced rehab, surgical rehab. What was there a moment or, or kind of a catalyst where you're like, you know what, I need to. I, like you finally something clicked because you on your by your own will lost what 60 80 pounds before you could even get the surgery right and and that was like I think I think the testament is you have to I, you're supposed to do a two-week entirely liquid diet like 800 calories a day for the first two weeks to prepare your 800 liver hundred calories right, holy to, crap yeah, you got to prepare your liver you got to prepare your body for the surgery mm-hmm. and if you cheat on that diet and they open you up and see that you didn't do it mm. then they will not do the surgery oh. whoa right? that's serious um they just they're like all right you, you, patch we, them up right patch them up we can't do it wow um so going into that knowing that i'm like you know how am I going to do this? I've never been able to put down a fork in my life. How am I going to do this? Mm. And then I just did it. And whatever, what was it? What was it that I that, was dying? Like I was mm. just straight. You dying. felt it. Like my blood pressure time. was like two hundred and forty over two hundred and ten sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like with the anxiety and like the 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 physical stress I was under. I was taking wads of medication to keep my blood pressure down, really? and I was just straight dying. Mm-hmm. And my surgeon's like, ideally, you would get all the way down to four twenty five before we do anything. Mm. Um, and you know, doing it at such a larger size means you're you're bottoming out. Will be way higher than we want it to be. Mm. You know, if we look at the bell curve and you'll we plug lose, it into the calculator, gonna less you're going to get down to 300, and that's where you're going to stop boogie. And that's mm-hmm. just the math of it. It'll take incredible discipline for the rest of your life to get below to 300. Keep going, right. Mm-hmm. Um, and but if we do it at 400, we'll get you down to 225. <laughs> right. right. And I'm like, shit. Okay. But he's like, we have to do it now because you are dying. Yeah. Wow. So let's pull the trigger. I, I want to save your life because I know you'll pay it forward. So now it's been a little bit of a time. You've lost like 180 pounds. You said, like physically, how do you feel? Like, uh, I mean, it's been a, uh, since all this stuff has fucking passed. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It's got to <laughs> feel like you fucking walked up here yeah. yourself. I haven't felt um, this good since I was 20. Wow. And like, it, w- I flew into E3 last week, and uh, you know, Jeff <laughs> Keeley, the YouTube team, they put me on camera for like five or six segments, and I get to host my own segment, interview developers. It's amazing. Great opportunity. Couldn't not have done that otherwise. But normally when I flew into L.A., every time I've ever had to fly in L.A., I needed physical assistance. Mm-hmm. So if a fan saw me, they saw me in a fucking wheelchair getting yeah. pushed by somebody. Last fit con, you were in a wheelchair, right? Well, for part of it. And I still, my doctor still wants me running the motor scooter for these events, but I just park it and I don't bring it anywhere and I don't do anything, but I have it. Mm-hmm. But it's like you want it in case you pull just, back muscle, sure. in case you do, yeah. in case you go too far. But like I went to a Fortnite event uh, during E3 and abandoned the cart, you know, 10 miles back at the hotel. And I was on my feet for like two and a half hours and watched like Marshmallow. And, That's amazing. Uh, and Logic, right? You know, like Logic mm-hmm. in concert. And like, yeah. I don't know. It's just, I, I, I can do that now and I want to do it. So I hate having to keep that thing. But I do use it a little bit at these events just to be safe. But are you afraid? Like, I, it's funny. I was ta- our, our previous guest, Tom Segura, I was talking to him about weight loss, but oh, yeah. obviously on a much different scale. But he, he said something I thought was, was, funny but very true he's he's like he used to be really big and he lost a ton of weight yeah he said i always feel like i'm five days away from completely relapsing i can see that does I, that well, does, how well, do you feel about well like, that's where the surgery do you, do you feel like you're super motivated to keep going or are you still afraid? i'm still like super motivated right now but mm-hmm. i talk to a lot of people in oa i talk a lot of people on on the subreddits i talk to a lot of people on the facebook groups you know these these recovery groups these surgery groups and like i'm in several and uh, there's some people, like one guy in my area, I don't want to dox him, 
Um, but he, you're, you're never allowed to smoke again because if you do, you can perforate the surgical scars in your stomach. Wow. And so he, was he, a smoker right, he started smoking again uh-huh. at the oh, no. six month mark. And now it's been a uh, one year since the surgery and he has perforated his stomach. And so the what chance, does that mean? Basically there's holes in the, oh. the surgical lining. Um, of his stomach, and Holy so he's literally, shit. he eats, when he eats, he's dumping stomach juices and food. So he's almost worse off. Right, so, like, the chances of him dying any day is, like, happening, and I'm, like, I'm learning from him, and I'm, like, how do you, how do you, why are you doing that? He goes, I don't know. It's and, stressful. Right, right. It, and, you're, you're under more stress than you've ever been. Yeah. And, and like you said, I mean, food is, is kind of always been something right. that, that you've leaned on. Right. And the good news is... Or cigarettes in his case, too. The, the good news is, I, I will tell your audience that I've told him before, there were a couple of times, like right after the divorce, I was like, you know what? Um, cake is delicious, so I don't give a shit. I'm going to eat cake. Mm-hmm. And uh, it made me very, very sick. It made me very, very mm-hmm. ill. Because um, your stomach but was I, so right, small, or why? I, it's because, like, I just wasn't used to those foods anymore. It made so me rich. Like, right? And so I like, I'll push through it, because I am really, really dedicated to this up i guess and so you're um, saying you felt awful but you kept eating the right cake like i was like you know what man i'm miserable i'm gonna, eat I'm gonna, this do, fucking I'm gonna cake. go back into self-destructive mode i'm gonna right. do it um and then my Crazy. stomach the surgery kicks in and it's like hey boss you know we can only eat about four ounces of food still right and i'm like oh so that's why the surgery is so useful because in that moment mm-hmm. of weakness not only do i feel bad not only do i feel sick not only do i not enjoy what i've done you just um, physically but can't then like I physically even... can't do it to a point that'll damage me mm-hmm. and there's this misconception that you your stomach stretches over time if you abuse it and stuff mm-hmm. um, and they've done autopsies and people who had the surgery not true. 20 years ago it's just not true mm-hmm. so how is it that you have a ceiling, right? Because they yeah, say about, oh, eight, have, about eight, eight ounces eight, of food. What is eight no, calories? No. Do you know? I don't know what's eight ounces of. What I mean, it is depends on what you're eating, right? Like eight ounces of cake is going to be it's two, three thousand calories, right? But eight right. ounces of uh, lean chicken is going to be four or five hundred calories. What I mean is, like over eight months, you say that's your opportunity to lose weight. Is that because your stomach regrows? So, okay, so the the way they explain it, most people will lose weight for the first year and a half, and at the end of that year and a half. All of the fun parts of the surgery are gone. Um, you, fun meaning? Meaning like um, you're, you're going to start feeling hunger again about the six-month mark. I all that, all, the, at all the assistance, basically, that right, you got right. from it. Mm. Um, and then it's going to come down to discipline. And then the other thing is your body does not like what you're doing to it when you lose weight that quickly. Mm. So you do get some metabolic hits. Mm. Mm-hmm. And your body is resistant for the rest of your life to process fat, to process calories. Now, it's still going to obey the laws of thermodynamics, sure. you know. So uh, it, it will then try to choose to burn protein. It's going to try to choose mm. to burn your muscle mm. over your fat, for example. Bad. And so you got to struggle with little things like that. Yeah. Your body learns, hey, we once starved for a year and a half, and I don't ever want that to happen again. Uh-huh. So let's make sure it doesn't. Mm. And they tell you, and this is not a hard and fast rule because you can't change the math. Uh, but they say, like, if you figure out your basal metabolic rate at 2,500 calories, you should deduct six to 800 calories from that and to get your actual BMR. Um, mm-hmm. So a normal person, normal person your size, probably about 2,500 calories a day. Mm-hmm. Um, what, if I'm your size, then I should probably be eating closer to 19. Just to maintain. Just to maintain. Wow, that's brutal. And so basically. That's rough. Yeah, you got to choose hard. to eat right for the rest of your life. And it's tough. Uh, yeah. yeah. But if you lose that motivation, I really think you, you, you are five days away from... Whatever, Just but total landslide. Back. I'm so tremendously motivated 
because I'm doing stuff I've never got to do, and it's just part of my life I've dreamt about for 20 years. Mm -hmm. You know, I was on disability building that YouTube channel. I mean, one of these days, I'm going to be able to go to E3. One of these days, mm -hmm. I'm going to be able to go be on my favorite podcast, my favorite shows, meet my favorite creators, meet my fans. Mm -hmm. and, and then I couldn't, I got to the point where I had the power and I had the money, but I couldn't physically do it. Right. <laughs> and now I can do both. And now, like, I feel like, I'm struggling on YouTube. Go check me out, youtube.com slash Pookie298. <laughs> um, I feel like I'm struggling there because my audience is kind of split because I, I always did the gaming stuff. But my gaming audience got flooded with all these very personal videos during the divorce and the surgery. Mm -hmm. um, so I have like a very personal audience right now that doesn't care to watch the gaming stuff. Mm. Um, and But the gamers are frustrated because there's too much personal stuff. And I have that like weird split audience issue and then nothing performs well in the algorithm. I'm just going to have to pick a direction and go with it eventually. I don't think so. But let, let's talk about that yeah. after the break. Sure. I'm curious to, to pick your brain on that a little bit because I have thoughts about that too because I've been in that position mm -hmm. so many times. Right. But let's talk about that after the break. We will be right back. Absolutely. Thank you to Ring for sponsoring this episode. Now, Dan, can you play the angelic music, please? Because this is serious. This is a product that has revolutionized the earth. Thank you, Dan. This is a product so great. Usually sponsors, they approach us. I said, no. I sought out Ring, and I said, I love you so much. Give me the opportunity. No, the privilege. They're like, all right, get on with the read. <laughs> Let me tell you about this Ring. It's an electronic doorbell that has a camera. It has a speaker, a live feed, and it saves the video and a motion detector. All in a freaking doorbell. Are you kidding me? It used to cost thousands of dollars. You'd have to contract people to come install all this crazy equipment in your house to get security. Now all you need is this one incredible device, the ring. They call it the ring because it's like a halo that goes around an angel. That's who invented this, God, an angel. This product changed my life. At our previous house, we didn't have a uh, peephole. So I installed this ring. All of a sudden, uh-oh. I can talk to people when I'm not even at home. I can see all these nerds at my door that I don't want to talk to. I can put on the speaker and be like, piss off. Or leave the package. Leave it. And leave, and you leave. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you own a house, if you're in an apartment, even if you're in a dorm. That's the beauty of it. You can tie it to your doorbell so it has power piped in. But you can also battery power it if you're in a dorm room or something like that. Boom, I've got a ring. Nobody's going to surprise me. And by the way, this is the best thing. Motion detector. Oh, somebody walks by. It saves it. So you get to watch it later and be like, what's... Oh, the girl who I had a crush on was at the front of my door, and but she didn't have the courage to knock. Now that's saved, and you know. Ring saved your marriage. Because you didn't know she was into it, but now you do. I cannot endorse this product enough. They have a special offer available uh, for our listeners right now. The Ring Starter Kits with a video doorbell, motion-activated floodlight camera, and starter kit has everything you need to build a ring of security around your home. It's about safety, people. It's about seeing what's out there. It's about finding real love. It's about love. <laughs> All right. Now, that's it. So, please, guys, check this out. Go to ring.com slash h3. That's ring.com slash h3. I guarantee this product is going to change everything you knew about the world. Style. Some of us have it. 
and some of us don't. Don't. That's right. And let's face it, a lot of us guys, it's hard to wait. It's hard enough to wake up in the morning. Or girls. Or ladies. It's hard enough to wake up in the morning. Let alone, oh, you got to get up and dress yourself? Are you freaking kidding me? If you're like me, you just leave a pile of dirty clothing on the on the floor. Before I met Ela, I literally would just leave a pile of used clothes and put that back on. Because who's got time? I saw that When pile. you're so critically depressed that you can't even get out of bed. Well, I can't help with your depression, but I can help with the clothing. Stitch Fix, all right? Stitch Fix has reinvented how we buy clothing. You just go to the website, answer some basic questions about your sizes, favorite styles, budget, and right from your laptop, smartphone, or tablet, boom, you are slamming. Your personal stylist then springs into action. They're snoozing, and then they're, they wake. What's that name? <laughs> I sleep, I'm awake. That's them. Hand-selecting five brand-new clothing items just for you. I know, I know. Person- they make me say, I know, I know. <laughs> All right. I know, I know. Personal stylist sounds like something only the rich and famous can afford, but you can too, you sloppy fuck. Should I not say fuck? You sloppy dip. (laughs) Stitch Fix styling is, their styling fee is only 20 bucks, which is applied as a credit towards anything you keep. That's pretty sweet, so it's pretty much not, not, doesn't charge you anything. And since your personal stylist uses only your preference to pick your clothing, you're still in complete control of what you get. Once your items arrive, you try them on, and you only pay for what you keep. If you don't like something, if you need another size, just send it back. No questions asked. They they won't even smell it. They say no questions asked, no (laughs) smells. And shipping is always free both ways. Get your fix whenever you want or sign up to receive scheduled shipments. The choice is yours. I love Stitch Fix. Dan Dan loves Stitch Fix. He's using it all the freaking time, and I can verify that he's had some hot dates that have gone very well, specifically because he's looked so good. How can you verify that? Because he's told me. Oh, I thought you were right, watching. Right, Dan? You know it, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Hurry to stitchfix.com slash h3 to get started now. Keep all five items in your box, and you'll get 25% off your entire purchase. That's stitchfix.com slash h3. Stitchfix.com slash h3. Welcome back to the H3 podcast experience. <laughs> Feels good, right? It does. I, my, I can feel my life changing <laughs> right now. So we were just talking about how you're split on YouTube content because you have the... The, like, emotional or personal, I guess, right. is better. And, and you have gaming content. And that, like, performs so much better, right? Like, I have Which a video, one performs better? I have a video canned right now that it took me 10 years to make. But, like, I talked to you a little bit about last year. I talked about, like, the abuse that I went through as a kid. But I never, like, really went into the de- details. Hmm. So, just, I got home from E3 and I turned on the camera and I'm like, tonight's the night. Just get years, it out. She's been dead 10 years. Mm. I'm gonna make the video. Who's been I, dead to My mom, oh. who did like all this terrible shit. And right. I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna put it out there. And I filmed it, and I'm gonna either set it live today or tomorrow. It's not and live it, yet. No, yeah, yeah. it should go gangbusters, I hope. Um, I think like, my audience will really re- respond to it. And it's gonna feel amazing to get that shit out. Mm-hmm. So the emotional stuff does better than the video game stuff. Right. And then like the gaming stuff kind of does okay. And surprisingly, when I do the, the Francis character, I bleed subscribers now. And I think part of it's because he's not as funny. Um, because I'm not as fat, and I think that's part of it. Um, I think a part of it is they, they've learned to know me, and they don't like 
that side. Yeah, you don't need it. You almost don't need it character, anymore, right? Though. Mm-hmm. And but the problem is, I still find myself, and I think you, I think this is exactly where you guys are going to land. I think it's where every creator has to land. Hmm. You create what you want to create, what you are passionate <laughs> about, what you That's, feel good about. Yeah, the, the most important yeah. thing. I think that you're. I know in your head, like when you see that views are lower on one video and higher it gets it gets really stressful right. because you want to see every video doing great right but the truth is and i've learned this the poor performance of one video doesn't or like people are willing to stick around and get the videos they want right you can have both it's totally fine right and i have like and so that's a lot the of thing having is, youtube in your ear and they're like if you consistency 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 fight, they, right they don't people at youtube don't even make YouTube videos. Right. They don't know anything about right. what it means to be a YouTuber. Right. And no fault to like my rap or anybody like that. Yeah, I know you guys, right? But at the end of the day, like I I'm so blessed to have like a core audience of like a hundred thousand people who would watch me eat a bucket of exactly. shit. Exactly. Right. I'm exactly. So you probably get more right? for that. Yeah, probably. <laughs> you get a lot for yeah. that. And, but uh and here's the, the thing, thing is you can only eat about eight ounces of shit now. So <laughs> it's not even be that bad for me. Yeah, not even a bucket. Yeah. The thing is, if you get in your head and you're like, oh, I just need to make emotional videos, how fucked up is that? Right, exactly. All then, of a sudden, you're then, like, what, what? Like, then you're maybe having, you're not emotional anymore. Yeah, today I'm having a good day, and I'm like, what yeah. do I do? What kind of, right? It's so, fucked up, and, and, and you're going to get stuck in a box where you're all of a sudden getting stressed out because you don't know how to make right. other content than that. And there are, cre- there are content creators. I watched one yesterday who tweeted me something, and he averages, well, I'm just going to say it is, Wheezy Waiter, if you remember him from YouTube Royalty Days. Mm-hmm. And he still makes videos at 15, 20K a pop. And I, I, I sit there and I scratch my head. I'm like, man, why? You know, but because he loves doing it, because yeah. he's passionate about it, because he likes right. what he does. Yeah. And he has an audience of 15,000 people. That's Shit, a if lot you have of an people. audience of one yeah. person, right? I, I went and saw Bo Burnham. Uh, he's on the show in a couple of weeks. He's too. Coming I might up be shout in two out. weeks. Yeah. I love that man. Super excited. Um, but I went and watched Bo Burnham in a house of 1,400 people. Right? And that's a big audience for Bo. Bo was excited. 1,400 people came out live to watch me. That's a huge yeah. So if you've got 20,000 people watching everything you do, congratulations, Wheezy. Yeah. That's awesome. By the way, there's never any rule. People think that, like, on YouTube, when your channel winds down, that you can never come back. It's like, oh, you're stuck. Like, nope. I've, I've actually seen several times. I mean, you could even say it about Philip DeFranco. Oh, DeFranco's a perfect example. Like, his channel was getting was really slowing down. He was down to boogie level of views for a while. I don't know what his views were at. It, it was like a couple hundred thousand per upload. But now, I don't know. I, I actually don't really know what happened specifically, but whatever he changed, I think his his show got more professional. Mm-hmm. I think he started doing news more. I don't think was it was not, always... He dumped a lot of, the, like, the celebrity gossip yeah. shit, which is yeah. kind of oh, dead. okay, right? so... And no more, like, girl of the day, which was, like, right. kind of, like, just not for this p- political climate, you yeah. know? So he fixed the show, and now he's up right. over a million every right. freaking video. I think Jack... I've seen that a lot of times. I think Jack at Jack's Films is another perfect example where, mm. like, Your Grammar Sucks was, like, killer, and he's just killing it, and, like, two, three, five million on upload, and then, like, he was experimenting and figuring stuff out, and he was down to, like, boogie level of numbers for a while, like, you know, two or three hundred thousand. Was he? And then Yai hits, and then, yeah. boom, now it's two, he's three, five up. million again. Yeah, he's right? crushing it right yeah, now. Yeah, he, he figured out what works, and, and I think even, it's what, he, even Felix, to an extent, because he never really dipped, like, below, like, two million per video. Yeah. But it's like, you gotta take your time. It's perfect. On YouTube, people, like, panic when they see the numbers going down. Right. And it, it's hard not to. It's fucking feels awful. Because right. it's, like, right there in it's, front of it's you. It's the you worst. You see exactly the number. Yeah. There's no, like, oh, I wonder what this one got. Like, on Netflix, do you have no idea what Wouldn't the that be views great? are? Yeah. You don't they know. still don't, they still don't post YouTube Red original right. numbers. Like, YouTube nobody Red, has, like, if those ever got watched by anyone ever. <laughs> yeah. Here's a hint. 
Most of them have not. Well, yeah, the numbers probably look really, really small compared to free videos. Yeah, right, exactly. But the thing, being a YouTuber is so toxic, and it's so it's so hard, like, emotionally. But the thing is, like, it happens to everybody who's been on the platform for a long time. You definitely, you ebb and flow. Yep. And you got to, like, rediscover your voice. I learned to just let it go and just, like, because I knew... Going into the surgery, I was like, a lot of people are in my ear, a lot of fans on Twitter are like, when you lose weight, man, people aren't going to watch. And I'm like, you know what? If that happens, it's okay because I'm t- t- turning my life around. And like mm-hmm. me and my ex-wife were talking about divorcing. Why like, do you, what's the theory that people wouldn't watch you've because you've lost weight? Because the only weight. thing I'm interesting, only thing interesting about me is that I'm fat. How is that interesting? I don't know. I don't know. Or that some of my audience who's also big would see me succeed and that would make them frustrated or irritated or that's that so that's, or something that's like that. Ridiculous. Right. So like all kinds of crazy theories. People, but I'm like, the, I'm that, like those statements yeah. don't mean anything. No, but they, it's all like theory crafting. People love the theory craft. And uh, you know, but I, I, theory I'm like, craft. Yeah. Right. I'm yeah. just like I, I that's a gaming term from back all the day. Like you're deck, de- building decks or building D and D characters. You're like you're just like well, let's see how this will work together. It's like <laughs> we're all three three crafting here. I wanna ask you something. Yeah. I saw this statistic and it absolutely blew my mind. Yeah. And tell me how kind of how it resonates with you. If an over if an obese person starts their marriage when they're obese, when they start losing weight or like get gas- gastric bypass right the chance of divorce after surgery is 80 to 85 percent yep I, I was completely flabbergasted yep. by that and they go over that number my my uh my pre-education for the the surgery is uh so comprehensive they included that statistic at one point hmm. what do you make like what do you make of that that it's almost like it's almost certain well let me ask you this before you did the surgery did right. you think oh were you like oh that's that's not us. Um, I had a pretty good feeling uh, come that July when we had that talk. Really? I'm like, she's definitely maybe looking towards the door right now. She's definitely looking towards not enjoying her life right now. And huh. I don't blame her. She was in a caretaker role, man. So you, I mean, like, that you know, resonated with you a yeah. little bit. And I'm like, man, I think that might happen. But I asked her one day, I'm like, what do you think about that? And she's mm. like, look, that's not us. We're going to be fine. And, mm. and I, I think part of that, even though I think she maybe already had an eye on the door, that was her saying, look, I have to tell him that because I want to make sure I save his life here. I'm not going to leave him in ruins. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to leave him to die alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, you know, but maybe that's how she really was thinking. Who knows? But what, but, so like to talk to, have her talk to people that have gone through the surgery and seen marriages end, there's like three major school of thoughts. Okay. So uh, <laughs> it, it could have been that I got the surgery and was unsatisfied with my partner and decided to upgrade. That happens. Hmm. Um, then there are people who marry somebody who's morbidly obese and think they're always going to be like that. They're always going to be there for me. They always make me feel better about myself, maybe something like that. Mm. And then that person starts to turn their life around. And they're like, well, where's dynam- my role? The dynamic right? changes. Right. And I think that might even been close to what happened for me and my ex-wife in some ways. Mm. We, always, we already had our trouble. But I think we're in a situation where I was getting my stuff together. And she's like, what is my role in this codependent relationship mm. now? Like, it's going to completely change. And if it's going to completely change, now is an opportunity for me to build into something completely different. Mm. I think that's probably where Headspace was more than anything. Mm. Like now, if I'm going to rebuild myself anyway, let's see if I can do, make myself happier Mm. as I think really what it was. But I think that's, I I think you you have people who who get through the surgery and they're like, I'm a better person. I deserve a better partner. And then you have people who who are married to somebody who are there in a caretaker role and everything's going to be fine. What am I supposed to do? When you say caretaker role, it's it's almost as if that appeals to the the part the spouse. I, I think like so. they Absolutely. come in 
and they like being that. Right. They want to be the caretaker. They want to be that. I want to stay to the girl who is a feeder. If you're really? familiar with that, tell me about I've that. Heard I'm about very so. I've seen some I, documentary. I met her it's on like MySpace crazy. back in 2005 or something. Two, and how much did you weigh at the time? I was about 550. I, I was close to 520. That was like she's that. a girl who got me up to 600. <laughs> okay, so yeah. she completely enabled you. Yeah, she, she just like you straight up. up right. She's like, um, I I want you to be so big. Like we moved in and we had this conversation, and she's like, I want you to be so big one day that you can't get out of bed. I, wow. want, I want you, you wow. to be so big one day that you're one of the biggest men on record. What the fuck? There's a huge sexual turn on for I was going to ask, is sexual? <laughs> Very sexual. Let me ask yeah. you if I can get, does she, how does she get sexual gratification out of that? Um, I guess just the body type, like she liked the softness of it. But does and she like get it, off and then, in yeah, some way? Like, like, yeah, like straight, like the, the feeding aspect is foreplay. Like what? dinner is foreplay. That's so interesting. And what's, and what's the... Home grand slam. It's just sex, you know. Damn. Like I guess, I guess ideally, I've talked to people who got so large that they weren't able to have sex, and certainly a lot of positions are compromised. When I was five fifty six hundred, but but you could still, still slam. We could do, yeah, we could still get it going. <laughs> um, and but eventually, I guess you would fed me to a point where I wasn't physically able to do that anymore. And, and I don't know what it would have been. And did you know about that? Sort of phenomena before you met her to some extent. I mean, was she, she was skinny? pretty. She was pretty upright. Yeah, she was tiny. She's like 110 pounds. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, she's that is the strangest. One, one of the best looking girls I ever dated too. She How did that very... make you feel? I mean, like being in that relationship, knowing what it. Well, was. I was like suicidal and like self destructive mm-hmm. anyway. So I was like, hey, I get to Someone die and you. also get laid a lot. So yeah. this is awesome. And um, she was pushing me to do stuff I had never done before. Like really? she's getting me back into the gym to try to stay fit, but also still fat. Huh. You know, because she wanted right? to fuck. Otherwise, right? And otherwise, you're going to get so Damn. fat that you know you want to be able to eat anymore. I want you to be able to always be able to knock it out, right? Huh. I want you to be able to just burn those calories. Was get... she trying to kill you? Yeah, that's, that's she wanted. That's the deal. That's the deal with really? some feeders. Yeah, not all. Well, of them. I mean, where's the where's the road end? Right? I guess some for some of them it's just like a control thing. Hmm. Like I want to control you. And some of them, it's like, would I want to feed you to death. Would she feed you while you guys were having sex? Yeah. I have, a, I have a real sexy story that I would have never told. <laughs> Can I, I hear it? I'm just, I'm intrigued by the whole thing. So we decided to do Thanksgiving dinner yeah. together. Right. And she, I stayed the night at her place. And she wakes up that morning at like 5 a.m. to start cooking that cur- turkey. She bases it like it's her fucking career, dude. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> and uh, so I'm so fat I can't fit into her pantry, but she's got some bags in the pantry. And, like, we eat Thanksgiving dinner, and I down, like, a two-liter of vanilla Coke, and I, like, eat half that turkey and half all the sides, and I eat, like, a, a, a pie for breakfast to start the day. And then she's like, hey, it's time for dessert. And I'm like, I can't eat another bite. And she goes, well, you better. <laughs> and I'm like, what is for dessert? I ate the only pie in the house for fucking breakfast, okay? Like, what do you want from me? This is when I, I hate the story now, looking back on it, because I feel like such a terrible glutton. I can't believe this is where my head was, because I would never think this way anymore. But I was, like, so into it. She goes <laughs> into the pantry and grabs this, like, bag, and then she goes into the bedroom and closes the door. And I'm, like, doing this, like, trying to get food to settle, to, like, uh-huh. try to make room, like, try to burp and stuff, because I know right. I'm going to have to eat. There's going to be oh, real food. Right. And so she oh, she's, like, come in. And uh, I'm so sorry to say this in front of you. This is such great. a disgusting no, story. Say it. She's, uh, she's taking <laughs> Oreo cookies and she's laid them across her chest down her stomach to make an arrow to her vagina. And then she had filled her vagina no. with maraschino cherries. Whoa. I swear there is to God. For dessert. I swear <laughs> to God. And my first thought is, you are going to get a yeast infection. What the fuck are you doing? Like, don't put food in your vagina. How many did you stuff in there? Uh, six or seven. It wasn't like, you know. But I was... Uh, 
It was like one of the best experiences of my life. I was like, this is awesome. You ate them all out. Yeah, you do what you got to do. And then, you know, you went to town. You ate them all out. Yes, quite. Quite, quite, quite literally. And, and, uh, met oh. and then we like, wow. moved in together for a while. And then I got sick. I got like an infection in my leg, oh, no. which is like real frequent. I get in with the lymphedema all the time. And I'm like, I got to go to the hospital. And she's like, they're going to make you lose weight. And I'm like, no, 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 that's going to be fine. I go to the, I've gone before. She goes, if you go to the hospital, we're done. And I'm like, Mom. what? <laughs> no, what? <laughs> uh, fuck you. Okay, we're done. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to mm-hmm. die. <laughs> like, I literally, she's like, you're faking the infection. I'm like, how do you fake an infection? What are you wow, fucking this, talking about? This bitch was twisted yeah. in the head. Yeah. I mean, she was fine. I mean, she might be very well listening to this if you are. Hi. <laughs> um, and she was fine, you know, but that stuff was pretty messed up, you know, and that was the only deal breaker. Well, like, I mean, otherwise, she, she was a perfectly great person. Well, except, you know, she except wanted to trying to kill to you. Right, yeah. <laughs> But other than that, she's a great murderer. Out of my favorite murders. <laughs> I mean, it is as far as murder oh goes. Gosh. Yeah, that's a good way to go. Yeah, you know. So what happened? How did the the relationship end? Um, I ended up I ended up going to the hospital that night, and she went and stayed in a hotel. Wow. And then like we like talked it out or whatever. I'm like, look, if you move back in, um, this is my body. This is my choice. I decided what to do. And she's like, oh, I can't believe how you've changed. And I'm like. Yeah, but I don't know. This is like the slightest molecule of self-esteem that I found, and I'm yeah. going to hold on to it. Mm-hmm. And so you can either be with me like that or not. You know, and I'm not saying I'll, I'll lose weight. I'm not saying I won't get ten times fatter. I'm saying if I do, it's my choice. And then like that Friday, she's like off work, and she's like, "I'm coming home tonight." And I'm like, "Awesome." And she's like, "Let's go out to dinner." And I'm like, "Great." There's this Chinese place I've always wanted to take you. And she goes, "No, no, no. We need to go to a, a, a buffet." Were you YouTubing at this time? No. This is 2005, okay. 2006. So she's like, you, you, you need to go to a buffet. And I'm like, I don't want to go to a buffet. I want to take it to this Chinese place. So you do real nice stuff. I'm like, no, we either go to a buffet or we're done. I'm like, okay, when you get here, your shit will be on the lawn. When she got there, her shit was on the lawn. I called a couple of friends over. They put her shit on the lawn. Wow. wow. Well, good for you for yeah. I mean, she was, she was drawing the line yeah. somewhere. And like, she, you know, like, I mean, that's my version of the story. I'm sure she has a completely different version. She probably thinks I'm a crazy piece of shit. So <laughs> it's hard to come, it's hard to. I don't know. I don't know, man. I've never told this story. I don't know if she has a defensible position. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't know, man. Women are tough. And then, like, if, if you look the way I looked and you had the life that I had, you're not going to meet a, a, an awesome young lady like this one. You, you, you know, you're going to probably meet some crazies every once in a while. I've met some really great ladies, well, you know? Uh, everyone but, meets crazies that's every true. once in a while. But I see what you mean, that there's but, women who are attracted to people in your condition right. yeah, that yeah. wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily ever right. interact with with someone like that. Yeah, yeah definitely. And, and, yeah, right, right. And, and I, again, I think, you know, you got to be careful, especially dating right now. I'm especially careful, like, if I go have a girl over the house, I'm like, so this is a no-phone zone. Mm. You know, and here's a burner. That's a good call. Um, here's a burner phone right here. If you and I'm gonna let you put it in your pocket. Um, and if you need to call nine one one, you need to call a friend. You can call them right there on that phone. But your phone stays in the car because I don't want to be filmed. Yeah. I don't want anybody recording my house. I don't want anybody doxing me. That's a good call. I want to be really careful, you know. Huh. And uh, because you want that moment right. to be private. Yeah, and I yeah. want to make sure if I'm texting you, I'm very careful what I text. You mm. want to do video chat. I'm gonna make sure whatever I do mm. is very, very, you know, because I'm not gonna get what I, you know, Shay Carl really went through the. The works, you know, because he was talking to a girl or whatever. What was the, yeah, but he was, I mean, he was. He was, like, married and stuff. And he but, was, like, Mr. Happy Family. Right, right. And so, like, he <laughs> ended up, at that, but that girl dumped, like, everything he said mm-hmm. in, into the well, world. Yeah. And you just got to, like, yeah. be super careful. You know that story? Yeah. 
Such a great sort of. I, I never actually watched his channel. So He's like not such a familiar. good guy. He was such a shit never met show. him. It was like his one mistake in that entire marriage too. It was like the one time he he strayed even the tiniest bit, mm. which you shouldn't do ever. He strayed quite a bit, as I understand it. Well, I think it was when it all just texts and just, stuff. It was like just talking. He to was her. sending her like nasty, drunk, like fucking nasty. Yeah, but like there's some is. women and men out there who just like bang other people every Friday night and sure. go home to their husband, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like he was I like, think it, it was the juxtaposition of Mr. Happy Family that really That's what it was, right? Them. Right. Like you find out somebody else was like talking to a stripper after 20 years of marriage, you'd be like, oh, that's kind of fucked up. But since it was Shay. Mr. Hey! Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Happy Family. Um, that story was something, man. I gotta yeah. tell you. I, I tell, I, I like, that was a great, that was something. It was weird, man. I've got so many like messed up stories. I, I, there's literally no end to them. I could be doing story time videos till I'm dead. <laughs> that is where that God. was. That, that's one of my favorites, man. I've that never told that really one. I think something. I told that one night on stream when I was like depersonalized or whatever. And like, it's the only what, time I, I ever told a story. I'm, I'm curious and don't, you don't have to answer because it is, it's gross and it's personal. Yeah. I'm just wondering what position. <laughs> Reverse cowgirl is the only thing that worked at the biggest. So reverse cowgirl is her ass facing you. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, her pretty much staring at my toes. My horribly misshapen, terrible lymphedema infested toes. I don't know what she was into, but she was into it. I mean, if that's the only right? one you get, that's not right. a bad one. And then like when it was, you know, when I was with someone uh, smaller, like 550, 500, then missionary works. But that's pretty much about it. Mm. Mm-hmm. And now um, I was with a girl. I was on top for the first time with a girl recently. Wow. Ooh. I was like, this is awesome. Boogie. They're still having to do like edge of bed stuff. And I swear to God, you she, <laughs> she had to be like the open mindedest girl in the world because I literally had to like lift shit up and put it on her fucking wow. chest. Oh. I'm like, I'm sorry, dear, but you're into it. So thank you. Um, but so you had sex recently since the divorce? A couple times. A couple times. Nice. It's been, it's been okay. And, and, and it was missionary. Well, it was we're using the, we're utilizing the edge of the bed loophole. Okay, okay, right. I got it. And then I did manage to, <laughs> edge I of the managed, bed loophole. To do, I managed to do a little bit of doggy. I managed to. Well, I can't believe. Dude. I'm so sorry to my core audience because you guys are not used to this. this I'm so is, sorry. No, this I managed is, to do a little bit of doggy. This girl. Okay, so we're really getting into it. this girl is like, like straight up like it, Arkansas ten, but like an LA eight probably. I mean, oh, and nice. so she does like she's a good looking. What she look like? I mean, what's her what's her weight? Uh, she's about one ten. I think she's having like some weight issues because like she she does like camming and stuff for a living. Oh shit! Mm-hmm. And so she like you know they always wanted to be smaller than she actually is. Oh, really? Yeah. And it was uh, she's great. She was, was really healed. She's like I guess it turned out to be a rebound, but like it was like she was really healing. She was really like on board, and she like knew my work, and like God she was bless. really helpful. And yeah, it was it was uh, it was a good experience. That's got to be motivating. It was. It was really just motivating. Like, fuck. Right. And then I like I, I saw her and then I like went on a few first dates and those first dates turned into second dates and then I'd get to the third date and then sometimes we'd go back to my place, sometimes we wouldn't, and I'd be like, I just not ready for any of this. I don't oh, want to do any of this, right? Like I don't want you to see me naked. Look mm. at me. She was you into know? it. Like and that's the thing. Some girls she I'll was say happy that. with that. Some girls I'll say that and was she like, crushed? I honestly don't care. No, she was I think she was fine. She's, she got she, it. Yeah, she's a smart girl. She's strong, powerful, smart girl. For her age, strong, I just independent. was just shocked. I just How old is she? <laughs> How old is she? <laughs> What's the age? She will be able to legally drink soon. Uh, Damn you, dog, dude. Yeah, it was bad, man. It's not bad. She's legal. You're out there. You're yeah, shaking your dick. It was, you know, but that's fine. Um, you know, look, 
It was fine. That I don't. Does. I can't believe I'm talking about that. My, I've never even talked about this on my stream. But this is what you do to me. You just get the shit out of me, man. This is great. This yeah. is cathartic. This is interesting right. stuff. But this I, you is know, real life. I, I will tell you, I wasn't making decisions. I do not remember most of November, any of December, hmm. most of January, part of February. I was yeah, so yeah. depersonalized. I go back and watch videos that I made during that period of time. I don't know what the fuck just I'm talking probably about. Probably the just, amount of stress yeah. and anxiety. Like, and you're right. Because I, I, I just, I, 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 if I was ever to like harm myself. That's when I would have done it. Wow. If I was ever going to eat till my stomach popped or something, that's when I would have done it because I was in zero control. But I talked to my friends and they're like, oh, you were just like really sad for a while. And like you had us over every week and like we played D&D and stuff and you pet the dog. Mm. Boogie, I love you. That was great. Thank you. Wow. That came out oh weird. <laughs> what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. I don't break. That's what he's trying like, to say. I'm like, are we, are we about gonna, to knock no. boots? Is, that what, is you coming on to me? That came out really weird. Is this a three-way? What I'm trying to do is cut to the second break, and I'm very unelegant and bad at it. <laughs> but I love talking to you, and right. I cannot wait well, to, return, to return to our conversation. If they stick around, I promise you, no more sex stories. No more no. sex stories. <laughs> well, yeah, okay. There you go. You guys have the scouts on her. All right. We'll see you guys soon after this commercial's break. <laughs> Wedding season is upon us. And if you are a disgusting monster like me, then chances are you probably don't even have a tux or a suit. And you don't want to roll up like me and be the guy that's in a collared shirt and jeans at a black and white tuxedo wedding. <laughs> you do not want to be that guy. Based Take it on, from me. Based on true events. Based on true and recent events, okay? <laughs> you want to look like this guy. And you want everyone to be like, damn, this guy went through the effort to look good. And I'm telling you, people respect that. They're going to respond to that. And you don't have to drop a trillion dollars. That's why black tux is great. The black tux. You want to look fresh, but it's also convenient. And that is what's so awesome about shopping for tuxedos online. Rent them online. The Black Tux offers the kind of suits and tuxedo styles that would normally be wildly expensive to buy, and you're probably only gonna wear it once, like the Emerald Shod Tuxedo. It's funky, it's cool, and how many times are you gonna wear an emerald green tuxedo? I mean, it looks great. With the Black Tux, you can do you, blow it out for one big time event, and Send it back. You don't have to own this thing forever, guys. It's not like a wedding gown. So try the new look. Do something different and take your style to the next level. With the Black Tux free home try-on, you can see the fit, feel the quality of your suit months before your event. After ordering, your suit will arrive 14 days before your event. If anything is less than perfect, the Black Tux will send you a replacement right away. And remember how simple it returns on. You wear it. You turn heads, then you send it back three days after your event, and shipping is free both ways. Forget about it. Huh? Stand out at your event for the right reasons. That's exactly right. I stood out for the wrong reasons. And trust me, don't do that. So you're going to get 20 bucks off your purchase. Visit theblacktux.com slash h3h3. That's theblacktux.com slash H3H3 for $20 off your purchase. The Black Tux. Premium rental suits and tuxedos. Frickin' delivered to your god dang flippin' door. Or wherever you want it. SeatGeek. Boom. Love it. If you need tickets to an event, a concert, sporting event, whatever, do it with SeatGeek. They are by far my favorite. If you need tickets, you go, you see the seat, 
you see what kind of deal it is. You go on there, you buy, it tells you how good the seat is, how good the deal is. And even beyond that, it shows you the view from the seat. You know everything in advance. You know the price. It's incredible. Check it out. Boom. Post Malone tickets. Give it a shot. He's on tour. He's the best. And with SeatGeek, it's so easy and fresh. Here's a hookup that you're not going to want to miss. Use code H3H3 for $20 off your first order. That's a ticket, folks. That's a set price. They're just hooking you up 20 bucks to go see a show on them. SeatGeek puts a 1 to 10 score on each ticket to let you know if you're getting a good deal or a bad one. Green means good. Red means bad. Simple as that. Every time I've used SeatGeek, I've had a great time because I knew exactly what I was getting myself into. And I was always never disappointed. It's the beauty of it. Just click the Me tab on the app and enter code H3H3 for $20 off. Click the link in the description to download the app. Use code H3H3 for $20 off your first Seat Geek order. I got to tell you guys, you are not going to regret it. Give them a shot. You're going to have a great time. And you are going to be using this app forever. When you go see shows, concerts, sporting events, anything. 20 bucks off. Thank you so much. Appreciate you guys. Let's get back into it. Welcome back to the experience. I'm doing <laughs> now it's here just the experience. Bo- yeah. Yeah, this is the experience. <laughs> the one and only, the only Here with Buggy. Um, let's take some calls. Awesome. Yeah. I just, uh, for the people worried at home, I want you to know, I have checked my phone and I have no angry texts from any ex. <laughs> yes. So, so, so either they're not listening and By the, the way, lawyers will call me later. You have some great stories. I yeah. You should feel bad for. That was. This this is the real shit. This was yeah, this and this was is great. what you're going through. It's interesting too. It's it's interesting. I I you know like normally have not shared it on my own space because I wanted to be very kind to the people who have shared their time with me, and you want to be yeah. yeah. Um, but I feel like most of these stories, I think they're okay. I they're generic. I don't think. Yeah, they're gonna be fine. You, be you you'd never figure out who these people are, no. right? So no, we're okay. no, no. Oh, I have no clue. How many how many twenty uh, year old cam girls are there? <laughs> right, in the world? three in the whole world. Yeah, only three. Yeah. Of them. One one follows me every day. <laughs> right. Do you get that when they like? Oh, there's fake ones that like spam you. I don't know. Yeah, like, maybe they're verified or something, and then I'll get a, a follow, <laughs> you know and then I I'll check is? who is it, and it's a cam girl. Happens a lot. Oh, right. right. I think what happens is they hackers get a hold of verified accounts, oh, wipe really? it all, put on a cam girl link, and then be like, "Hey, sweetheart, come watch me live." You, That's gotta be one. Do you know one of the most controversial things that have happened since the divorce? God. About yeah. a month after the divorce, I followed a girl on Twitter hmm. um, and liked one of her photos. And it turns out that she was like a, a cam girl. I didn't really fully realize, she just messaged me. I followed her, liked her photo. And then that got shared in the feed because that's right when they introduced where someone you follow likes a, a, a thing, it'll get shared in the feed. Mm. But the photo wasn't like nude or anything. She was just wearing like a, like a hoodie. This was on Instagram. Photo. Right. No, this is on uh, Twitter. Okay. And But then people would like click that link and then go to her profile and it's all her like having sex and stuff. Oh, so oh. you. Right. And so I accidentally oh. like shared something <laughs> and they're like, oh my God, is that what is that the person you oh, are no. now that you're divorced? I'm like, not really. I just like. Who cares? You watch I porn? Just, get fucked. Who cares? I thought the hoodie was kind of cute, but here's the thing. But, I got, but the, they, these people, though, always bitch. Yeah. And it doesn't mean 
anything. It's like, yeah, you're allowed to watch porn. A lot of people don't you're know. You're not, but. A lot of people don't know that I did web design in the late 90s. And when you did web design in the late 90s, who are you designing websites for? You're designing websites for girls who do porn. You're doing mm, it for like guys who really? do like run industry. Really? Run like a, 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 What's you know, the weirdest one you ever designed? Uh, not, nothing, nothing that, nothing nothing that, that weird, weird right? Like I did, um, one of the guys I worked with, uh, I, I built a couple front ends for him. Donnie. Donnie's Girls, I think, was his website. Um, and then he ended up, like, deleting it all and became a, like, very devout Christian preacher. So that's probably the most interesting story, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, totally. But it's not like, you know, but, I mean, you would you would talk to the girls who do sex work. And I, who cares? Like, you do sex work for a living? Awesome. That's great. And I don't know, like, it, like some Christians, like, get upset about it. And that's fine because they're sinners. You don't like that. That yeah, makes sense. But, like, some incels, and I don't like using that word, but, like, some people who are not able to, like, you know, get what they want with women. Yeah. They get, like, super mad about sex workers and, like, slut-shaming and stuff. Why? Those are the girls who might fuck you one day. Most <laughs> of them still may not. That's true, mm-hmm. right? But the the girls who are willing to to do sex work, if you've got money, who knows? You never know. Not That doesn't represent 98% of them, but there are hookers out there. Why are you mad at the girl who shows their body? Because at least you're getting to see their body. Why are you mad at the girl who has sex on camera? Because at least they're having sex yeah. and you get to see it. You're well, participating in it in some way. Like, what what makes you angry about that? I don't know. I think it's that if they called that girl, that girl's going to say no. But that's true of 99% of girls, right? Well, you know, I mean, most girls aren't having sex with you. Just calm down, right? The incel phenomenon is is one that perplexes me. I only heard that term recently. Was it always that term? It originally meant somebody. It's kind of a new new new? man. It originally meant like somebody who was physically or mentally unable to create a relationship, specifically a physical one. So it might be somebody with well, CP, it, it might be somebody in a wheelchair, somebody uh, paralyzed. Uh, what does it okay. stand for? Involuntary celibate. Yeah. Right? Okay. And now, it, like, they're just applying it to all the nerds for no, some there. Well, there was, like, I an see. incel subreddit that was, like, real nasty. Right. That they mm-hmm. And, like, and then there's, like, the, the Waffle House shooter was, like, part of that community. He was, like, really? part of the incel community, right? Yeah, like, I think a, that's a self-proclaimed when, when incel, And that's became, when it really viraled out. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, a lot of people are uh, adopting that moniker, which originally meant just people who are physically, you know, unable, unable. to, right? Mm. And, oh, really? Or, right, or, like, mentally unable to, or just, huh. you know. Mm. And now it's just, like, people who, like, don't want to put in the work to take a nice shower and put on some deodorant and, like, get a job. Here, we got a call from Nathan. He has a friend who is embarrassed to go to the gym, I guess, because they're overweight, and he wants some advice. Oh, that's so. tough. Let's check in with Nathan. Hello, how are you? God bless. Oh, hey guys, how's it going? Hey man. Hey. So, what's the uh, situation? Uh, first of all, like, thanks for having me on. Hi. Yeah, of course. And um, yeah, um, so basically, um, XXX uh, Tentacion died, man. I'm just really upset about that. Um, that's that's all I wanted to say. Okay, that is not okay. related at all to the conversation, but rest in peace to XXX. Yeah. Yep. I'd never heard of him that, until he died. Yeah. And I, got killed in like a gang-related shooting or something? Or is I it guess it was gang-related. I don't know. I, I personally, sometimes people die, and everybody's talking about it, and sometimes I don't even know anything about them. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those cases. But I went and listened to one of his songs last night, Sad. Hmm. And I'm like, oh man, that guy it was, was good. Deep, like that's I don't really like the style, but it was yeah. like deep. It was mm. good lyrics. Oh mm. shit, that's sad. Mm. I really don't know what happened with uh, that one, but I will say that Ian, the intern, <laughs> probably knows <laughs> his first ever. We knew it was going to happen. We, I was it about wasn't... to say this is kind of an occasion. Oh, yeah, that was our first troll yeah. call. That first actually, so yay! We... <laughs> I knew it. Was, I knew it would be me too. It wasn't, <laughs> like, call it wasn't like, that bad. It was by like the way. some guy is going to like <laughs> champion it on a subreddit. That was so pretty excited. tame. That was a tame was troll for tame. a troll. Yeah, this was the guy. We should be appreciative. 
Yeah. Thanks for trolling us lightly, buddy. That was, that was very nice. Thank a you lightly very much. troll. Okay, I got to pick. I got to pick. Uh, pick wisely now. We got Eric here. <laughs> Eric's like, I did. This is real, but now I choose to troll. Eric lost 250 pounds on a vegan diet. Hell yeah, mm. that's amazing. Eric, God bless. Hello. No, no, I didn't lose 250 pounds. I was at 250 pounds, and I dropped to 210. Okay, oh, you lost 40, okay. 40 large. Yeah. Over what period of time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Since uh, February. Since February. Hell yeah, that's great. So what's the deal? Are you are you are, you, are what's the, are you here to sell us on veganism? Mm-hmm. Pretty much. But <clears throat> sweet. What was I'm that? I'm sold. I'm sold on the veganism. All right, all right, I'm a vegan now. I'm he done, did it. done deal. Well, that was great, I Ian. You're crashing it back there. I will, I, I will tell you, honestly, though, uh, there's people in my group who are doing, uh, like, the gastric bypass surgery recovery via vegan, and it's all about the beans, it's all about the protein, and it's it like working the, for them? Yeah, it works for them. What do you, I'm curious, what do you eat mostly? Yeah, like, chicken and all the chicken in the world. Really? Give what kind of chicken? chicken? What kind of uh, cut? How do you cook it? Uh, tend to grill at home. I'm eating a lot of chicken, a lot of salmon. So we tend to grill it at home or we grill some salmon at home, do some asparagus on the side, do Dude, some Brussels sprouts that's on the side. Great. And that's like 80% of what I eat. And then when I go to these parties at like, and YouTube's like, would you like a lobster roll wrapped <laughs> in caviar? Yeah. I'm like, well, shit, okay. <laughs> yeah, all right, that. that's fine. But otherwise, it's just like, you know. What, what are you weak to? Sugar, so sugar is yeah, and it 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 still makes me feel awful to do it, but my brain is like, ooh, you remember when you used to just sit down and eat birthday cake and it wasn't anybody's birthday? And I'm like, yeah, that was great. It's like, happy birthday. I'm like, no, that shit kills me, dude. Yeah. Um, but then like I'll go to a birthday party and I'm like, oh god, I really want a slice of cake, right? Or or you like, and you're not. I like, uh, as your doctor has you, you're not supposed to touch the stuff or you can be like oh, i'll have a little okay. bite so um they they go into like a lot of really smart recovery stuff and they're like okay so you're gonna screw up right it's gonna be fourth of july mm-hmm. there's a cookout mm-hmm. there's some of your favorite foods there and you're gonna eat because it's a holiday and you're surrounded by family and everybody's yeah. eating and you're gonna do it okay so number one listen to your body listen to the surgery all right mm-hmm. you're gonna get full way quicker than you used to mm-hmm. so when you're eating bad foods when your body says we're full you stop mm-hmm. okay don't eat for pleasure. That's for hard. Food, right? That's so um, hard. How has it been? Because I have a tendency of overeating. Right. How, how has it been like listening to the signals? It's great. I thought it was going to be the worst thing in the world. I thought my body would, my brain would say, eat more, eat mm-hmm. more. And my body would say, we can't. It's the opposite. My brain is fuller, quicker. And so they explain the, really, the, the your physics brain. behind it. Interesting. So my stomach was the size of a football. Mm-hmm. And the stretch receptors at that point on the stomach basically could never get triggered. And that stretch receptor tells the brain on the top of your stomach, this little nerve bundle on the top of your stomach, to tell your other brain to start producing the full chemicals and the satisfaction satisfaction chemicals. Mm -hmm. I wasn't able to do that anymore. But once they made my stomach real small, the stretch receptors get hit really easy. Mm -hmm. And so my brain gets triggered way quicker, and it's like, hey, that was great, man. I really enjoyed that. That's incredible. And so it it just makes it easier. You just got to listen to your brain. You guys listen to your body and stop listening to the addiction, and you'll be fine. And so when I do make a mistake, and I do, I go to a party, and I'm just like, you know what, today, or order the wrong thing off the menu. Um, I can't eat very much of it. It makes me a little bit ill. I don't enjoy it as much as I used to. I'm full very quickly. Mm. And it, it's been a good checks and balances system. So mm. when you don't enjoy it as much, does it also eventually become something that causes a real change? Like you're not interested right. anymore? Right. And because so like you... when I finally let in and I'm like, let's just do it. And my brain's like, why did we do that? Yeah. And I'm like, you're right. Why did we do that? And then I just don't want to do it as much the next <laughs> time. So it makes it a little easier to say no. Are you getting tired of chicken? 
kind of. But I don't. <laughs> I'm trying to think of it as just fuel. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just trying to That's think of bet. if you can right? really like click that in your mind. And and the thing that there, the, a lot of my groups have talked about is you just got to think. Okay, so today is fuel day. Today I'm just going to eat the fuel that my body needs to go. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't need to masturbate with my mouth, <laughs> which is basically what eating good food feels like. <laughs> right. right. It's just you're giving yourself some pleasure in your mouth, make yourself mm-hmm. momentary better. pleasure yeah. that right amounts to nothing right. afterwards. And okay. uh, so I don't need to masturbate today. But you know what? On Friday. <coughs> I'm gonna get laid on Friday. Mm-hmm. We're gonna, I'm gonna go Friday. to the Walmart. I'm gonna get the. I'm gonna go to the fucking uh, the theater. I'm gonna get the popcorn. I'm gonna get the candy. I'm gonna dump the candy in the popcorn. I'm gonna have a real good jerk off session mm-hmm. while I watch the Marvel movie. And then Saturday's back to fuel. And wow. that's how I'm trying to really I like train my the brain. Image of mm-hmm. masturbating in the mouth. Yeah, it's a really smart analogy because it is. That's all it is. What is right? what it, you you put the cu- the candy in the popcorn? You get the malted milk balls. You dump Damn. them in the popcorn. Right? And like I can get the small popcorn and that's too much popcorn now, which is great, but you know. Oh really? You, you can't even smash whole a whole a small popcorn? Mm-hmm. So what's the one that you pour in the popcorn? What's the malted candy? milk balls, whatever you can get like the whoppers Those and are, shit okay. or the Maltesers oh, or whatever. Shit. And I'm like, oh this is so good. I've done that. I did that at the Doesn't it get movie. nasty with your hands? Oh yeah, it's really gross. <laughs> it's fucking awful. You're already getting butter you everywhere. Like... Now you get chocolate. That looks like you both jerked yourself off and <laughs> ate poop. Shit in your yeah, fucking great, hand. man. That's and a crazy jerk off session, dude. But uh, that's that's been my like I try to socialize a lot more. But a lot of my friends are fatties, and so like we go out to eat, and they're like ordering all like the craziest shit, and I'm trying to eat the. When you say fatty, it's like like I know some four or five hundred pounders, man. Oh wow! Big, big and like um, I guess I think it's like a, just a matter of like gravitational pull. I think sure. It's just like well, we don't sense. even really like each other. It's just like we can't break the <laughs> Listen, laws of dude, physics, I... right? Oh my uh, god! That's but funny. no, like we're all, we're I mean we're close friends, and like I have my biggest friend. I think is is five fifty. I think he said. And wow. so he's where I was, and like he's he's working on the process now. Yeah. And got a couple of friends who are about my size now. I got a couple of friends who are smaller, and then I got a few <laughs> skinny friends too. But like everybody likes to eat, so <laughs> and I reconnected with one of my friends who I hadn't seen since I got married. My ex-wife didn't like them, so they just never got along. So we never saw each other, mm-hmm. and we started going out to the movies once a week. And <clears throat> he actually got the gastric bypass surgery as well, and got down to three fifty at the smallest, and he's back up like four hundred now. Oh. And that's where he's just going to be for the rest of his life, I think. So you mm-hmm. do, do you think like when you get the gastric bypass and you then you you always lose a bunch of weight, right? If you start going up again, is that almost like statistically? Here's exactly what'll happen: you lose a certain percentage. You'll get to your ideal weight. They told me that weight for me would be about 270. Mm. Then I would put on 10% of my current body weight at that time, so another 27, 30 pounds. Then that's where I will naturally be pretty much until I'm dead. But Whenever you can push out, right. So, right, but they're talking, and, and they're like, look, <coughs> after just... that year and a half, we're talking you need to be in the gym four hours a day. Mm. You need to be killing it. You need to be active. You need to be a, a very, very active person who mm-hmm. doesn't sit down, who doesn't do your job, who doesn't – you've got to be as active That's as so shit. Hard, you yeah. need to start biking. You need to start walking. You need to start running. You need to be in the pool. You have to – if you want to get smaller than that, you're going to have to be as active as it comes. And I want to be. Like after setting down for 20 years right. and now that I'm up and walking again, I'm up on my feet all day, every day. And, mm-hmm. and you get me back in the swimming pool, I'm going to be in there three hours a day. I don't give a damn. Mm. Right? I'll put on those little underwater earphones and I'll listen to shitty like fucking mumble rap or whatever and I'll swim. Mm. I'll listen to this <laughs> podcast and I'll come out until it's done. You know? and, and I just, man, I'm just so tired of sitting there. I'm so tired of not doing things. Mm. You know? And so I, I feel like, I, I hope I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to try to be that guy. Do you know what's the percentage of people that like rebound? Very small. I, I, really? I think if you Google it, you'd be very surprised. Wow. Um, it's a really hard surgery to rebound. You, wow. you, because you're pretty much stuck on that that 
you know, eight ounces of food, 10 ounces of food. Some people might get as much as 12. Mm. Um, once you get to like almost a full plate of food, if you're eating the wrong plate of food every day, yeah, you will <clears throat> regain the weight. You have, mm-hmm. like, I, right? I, I heard of somebody I know who knows somebody that said that they had a gastric bypass. Yeah. And they were at a point where they were just like chugging milkshakes because they couldn't eat a lot. I obviously. actually know somebody who, but they, w- yeah, I don't know what, exactly what it was that they just craved. Yeah, this, I know somebody who literally eight months after, or eight weeks after the surgery was eating ice cream for every meal <laughs> because right. that was his favorite food, and he did not do the, the mental prep work first. Mm. And if you don't do the mental prep work, you're going to fail. Well, right? you're basically going to battle with a brutal addiction. Right. And, like, that's that was the biggest thing. Like, when my ex-wife, you know, at the, the six, eight-week mark, she's just like, look, I got to do this, and I'm sorry, and I, I love you, and I'll always love you, and it sucks and I'm so sorry to do this, but this is how it has to be. I've got people who need me. I got shit I got to do. I'm sorry. So did she surprise you kind of out of the blue with that? We, we'd had a couple of years of, of the last two years was not perfect. And mm-hmm. um, what, I, you know, man, I probably should never even say this publicly, but I think she'd forgive me. And even if she doesn't, we're divorced now, so I don't have to worry <laughs> about it. But um, we were in a, a loop in which my anxiety was so bad mm-hmm. that she was kind of walking on eggshells <clears throat> all the time because she was afraid of 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 scaring me, upsetting me, hurting me. Mm-hmm. And that the way she reacted to um, my anxiety was very frequently with fight or flight. Mm-hmm. Um, and for her, that mostly meant fight. So I would become anxious over something. And when I become anxious, I'd become a little angry. I'd become a little edgy. Mm. Not abusive or any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, no, you, but just you like, become... It's like, I, I need to focus on this right now. I need to be left alone. Let me focus on this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? And that would be enough to make her feel bad. And then when sure. she would feel bad, she would become um, uh, angry or upset or uh, anxious or sad or whatever. And so then that would make me feel more anxious. And it that would make her feel more anxious. So I know. I mean... We ended up like this, like... I know exactly what effect, you mean. Yeah. Right? And so what we really needed to do, honestly, to save it about a year ago or a year and a half ago, we needed to start intense therapy. Mm. We needed to separate a little bit and not be as codependent and find that space again between us. Mm. Um, and we weren't able to do that because she was my physical caretaker. Mm. Interesting. Right? So she, we didn't have that option. And that's, that's just what killed it. Mm. And, like, you can have every theory in the world about my, my ex-wife left, and you can have every theory in the world that she cheated on me or she's only there for the money or anything like that. But none of it's true. It all just really comes down to... It sounds like it wasn't good. Yeah, my morbid obesity... Good. And and my morbid obesity killed our marriage. And my bad eating habits and my shitty decisions that led me to that lifestyle, um, it just killed our marriage. And that's it. And, you know, I could be as mad at her as I wanted to be. But, you know, she could easily left in July when we first started talking about it before I got the surgery, leaving me to a point where I could have never got it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But instead, she, she buckled down and she did... Uh, her wifely duty and, and carried me through that's it. Nice. You know? yeah, that's, yeah, that's nice. That's nice. You're giving yeah, her a lot of credit. And right. I think and it's like, nice. you know, and I'll, I'll be honest, you know, when she finally had to leave, I was still recovering from surgery. That's true. Mm-hmm. And if she could have made another three to six months, that would have been great. Mm-hmm. Um, but she couldn't. And that's fine. She made it as long as she did. And boy, that was more than I think I deserve. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. It's it's hard to be upset because she told me, oh, God, this is a, she told me, she's like, you know, one of these days you're going to thank me for leaving. I'm like, bullshit. You're mm. full of shit. Mm. Um, but about three months ago, I hit that point. I was like, you know, she was right. Mm. She's happier. I'm happier. I'm recovering still. Everything's going okay. Mm. Everything's going great for her. And this was the right move. And I'm glad that she did it because all I ever really wanted at the first was for her to be happy. 
God, I'm getting emotional. I'm sorry. All I really wanted for her was to be happy. And I'm like, if you need to go, then go. I'm not going to fight you on it. Let mm-hmm. me cut you a nice big check. You just go and take care of your life, and that's fine. Um, and I wasn't worried about me. I wasn't thinking about me. I was just thinking about her. And I think sometimes in a marriage, maybe that's that's that becomes natural to do that. You know, like I'm just mo- mostly worried about the person that's worrying about me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't taking into account that she wasn't worrying about me anymore, that she was, you know, pulling out. But anyway, um, and then I discovered I was happy. And I'm like, wow, this is really weird. Mm-hmm. And I probably shouldn't be right now, but I'm like up and walking and meeting people and hanging out and having mm-hmm. new experiences and traveling the country and, and making plenty of money and, and have a, this wonderful audience that's so dedicated to me. And they're there for me every night on Twitter when I feel mm-hmm. alone. And they're there every night whenever, you know, I, I need that shit when I'm on stream. And I'm just like, what do I have to be pissed off about? Mm-hmm. Right? Like my life is really good and it's better than <laughs> it's better. ever been. Yeah. So fuck it. <laughs> Why be mad? What's the yeah. point? You know? What was the, how was the, was it like a 50% divorce kind of situation? Yeah, that's, that's how it works in Arkansas. And, and so like, she's legally entitled to 50% of everything we own, like stocks and bonds and whatever. Was that messy? It really wasn't. Um, we talked about it one day uh, and, uh, you know, and she agreed to stay like for another month to make sure everything was great. And we gave mm. it our best effort in that month to see that's what nice. she'd be missing. Yeah. And uh, I mean, we slept in the same bed. We were very close during that month. It was great. Um, but one day we're talking about money and I'm like, what do you want? She's like, I want what's fair. She wants, she said, I want, she's like, I want what's fair. Yeah. And I'm like, that's reasonable. But what is fair? Like, do I give you a lump sum? Do you you want alimony? And she's like, I don't know. I don't think I want alimony. I'm like, well, honey, what's alimony? Alimony is where you, you continue to pay after you're married. Um, cause you owe or because you're trying to maintain, she could have made an argument. So the argument often for women is uh, I need to maintain that. Lifestyle, right. especially if there's kids involved and there's right. no kids involved. Yeah. Um, but she could have also made the argument that she helped build the business. Sure. And she never even attempted it, never even she thought never about it. She never played dirty. Right. And like one day I was like, you know, even if you ask for alimony, I am the business. You can't own half of me. And she's like, that's a good thing. I don't want it then, huh? Mm. And she's like, I, I want enough to where I know I'm going to be taken care of for, for a good while. That's all I worry about. Mm. And I'm like, okay. So she gave me a number and I'm like, but that's not half. And she's like, what, what do you mean it's not she, half? It's more she, it wasn't less. half of what we were worth. It was less. It was less. Mm. And uh, so I talked to my lawyer, and I'm like, what do I do? Do I just give her that amount? And he goes, you should round it up. You should make sure it's <laughs> you make sure it's half, so she has no recourse moving forward. Mm, just to be clear, right? And I'm like, all right, so that's what you asked for. Here's what you're actually getting. And she's like, well, okay, thank you. Mm. And she never questioned it. I'm like, that's not what we're worth. We're worth more. Let me show you the numbers. Let's sit down. Let me show you everything. And then this is what you're going to get. Are you happy so, with that? do you own your house? Yeah. So, so you're so you're factoring in like the, the value of your home, right? So like I had to buy assets. her out of the equity of Damn. that we put into the house, right? Mm-hmm. And had to like then there was all the liquid cash and stuff, right? And then like when it came to like I have some money in crypto, not a lot, you know, I'm not one of these crypto crypto millionaires, but I was like when we we're doing mediation, I'm like, so what about the crypto? And she's like, it's so volatile. Don't worry about it. That's kind of true. And I'm like, okay. You give her half a crypto and you're going to be broken. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> and she's like, it's so volatile. Don't worry about it. You can keep that and let that be your nest egg. If it works out, great. If it doesn't, it's okay too. Sounds like she was a real, a real. She really was, man. Like, real and that, sport about and it. And that's the worst part about it. Um, she said something once. She's like, the key to doing this is to, is to leave when I still love you. Mm. Damn. And I'm like, but honey, that's why you stay. <laughs> like, that's what you fight for because we do love each other. And she's like. I know that, and but here's the thing: it's not working, mm. right? And 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 love is not going to fix that, we right? Each other, it's just not going to work. And eventually, we're going to be better. Eventually, we're going to be angry at each other. Eventually, we're going to be at each other's throats. And 
I don't want to do that. And you don't want to do that. You can't survive that, Steve, as fragile mm-hmm. as you are. So mm-hmm. let's not do that, okay? I'm going to leave while I still love you. And that way it can be good and we can remain friends and we still talk, you know? And, That's really sweet, yeah. I don't, honestly. And it's, I mean. Sure it was heartbreaking shit at the was time, but. so hard for both of us. Oh, yeah. God. I think harder for her at times, you know? Um, because she's the one having to, to pull off the bandage or the pull off the bandaid. God help her. Right. But she's recovering well and I'm proud of her. What's like, uh, how was the the process of actually getting divorced? It seems so messy. Did you both have an attorney? So quick and easy, actually. So you guys had the rare, right. the rare, beautiful, everybody's. Yeah, it was basically like uh, we could have waited 18 months. Um, but neither of us wanted to. Hmm. And so we went to our lawyer and we're like, so you had one lawyer. Yeah. So we went with the mediator. Okay. Um, and we're like, so how do we do this quickly? And mm-hmm. he goes, well, she'll sign away her rights to appear in court. She can go back to Michigan and then you no can court, stay here. No court, no nothing. Yeah. You, you can, you can be there for 30 seconds. The judge will sign your piece of paper. You're good. The, and we like, I sued her for divorce cause it was just more convenient that way. What's this whole thing about? Sue? Yeah. That's, this right, is the weird right. thing. You really, yeah, it's you, actually you sue for divorce. Huh. For divorce, and you list your grievances, right? That's yeah. how we end. And so the the grievance we went with in the state of Arkansas was there was an indignity that made the marriage not content, not possible to continue. And Who's so indignity, uh, and I, like I just like something like I guess if someone cheated on somebody or somebody physically beat somebody or something but that like didn't that happened, did it? No, nothing like that happened. So the indignity when the judge asked me what the indignity was, I said. She asked for a divorce. <laughs> That's the indignity. And that was the indignity that I could not survive. <laughs> yeah. She wanted to leave, and I said, therefore, right. I have to divorce And therefore, her. I'm going to have to sue her so much. She offended me so much <laughs> that I want to be divorced because she wants to be. What happens if you <laughs> just want to get a divorce? Why does it have to be you so— You can't do that in the state of Arkansas. They don't huh. want you getting divorced in the state of Arkansas. They don't want you to take your unions very fucking serious. Oh, really? So, like, yeah. I, as I understand it, and you can correct me if I'm wrong because you've been through it, but, like, if a husband cheats on a wife, she yeah. can sue him for divorce for— and uh, for for cheating, and so she gets a better settlement, right? And the divorce, right? And in the state of Arkansas, they told me that I did not want it to appear in front of a lawyer because the judges in the state of Arkansas start at fifty percent, and then really? they go higher for the woman. Crazy, right? They're like without a over doubt, 50% over fifty percent, over fifty percent for women uh, every right. time in the state of Arkansas. That's and she knew that. Crazy. Surely, if she consulted with a single lawyer, he'd have been like, oh, "We get to get, we can get eighty nine percent of what he's worth." Whoa. Yeah. That you have to be kind of vindictive to go that route. And she's yeah. definitely That's not just that person. So yeah. mean yeah. to be like, not only am I leaving you, but I'm going to destroy you financially. Yeah, I'm going to take everything. So how has it been losing fifty percent of your? I mean, well, sh- you guys were married, so I, I don't want to say, <laughs> I, but like you've you 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 have fifty percent less. What I is that like? A number in my head, and and most YouTubers like spend this much on fucking breakfast, okay? But I had a so, number in my head that if I get to that number in the bank account doesn't matter what I do from then on out. I'm taking care of it. My current lifestyle for about 10 years. Okay. And I won't live that much longer, so I'll be fine. Mm. If I can get that number in the bank, I will be fine. And I got that number in the bank about two and a half months before the surgery. Mm. And I'm like, so now I'm ready for the surgery because even if I, I can't work, if I have a stroke during that surgery, if I have a heart attack and the, the whole okay. business falls apart, I'm okay for the next decade. She's taken care of. I'm taken care of. The dog's taken care of. And that's all I have to take care of in the world mm-hmm. for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I get through the surgery and then she's like, so look, <laughs> I, I need to start a new life and I'm going to need help doing it. And I'm like, <laughs> shit. So right. the good news is, um, I'm killing it 
with brand manager with my brand manager. I'm killing it with Twitch. That's I'm, awesome. I'm killing it with YouTube. Numbers are down. Money is. Way you're making. Up. You're. Are you mm. making more right now than you have ever previously? Yeah, I'm making about fifty percent more than I made last year. I'm just That's like interesting. Is it just because before you weren't. And doing a lot of the was, right thing. I wasn't physically able to do mm-hmm. the job. I wasn't able to physically stream as often. I wasn't able to physically travel. I wasn't able to do the That's podcast, to do the collaborations, that, right? That yeah. your business is doing right. well. And so it's like, it's weird because I, I look at the numbers on YouTube and everybody stresses over it, right? And I'm used to X number of views and now I'm down about 20% views. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't matter because even the AdSense is up for me a lot. Really? And the YouTube Red is up for me a lot. And then the brand manager, my brand manager, I'm, you know, he's... How many brand deals do you do a month? About four. I'm doing oh, about four. So yeah. you do about as many in a podcast as I do in a month. But yeah, but well, yes, but right. I mean it's different because I think the rates are different when you right. share the spot. With right, them. and then I do like but. most. I, I push for CPA now because my audience is so incredibly engaged. Four is a mm. lot yeah. for for a YouTube channel. And, That's a lot. That's right, and, and it's just my weekly show. I just do a weekly show, and and we drive home four solid ones a month, and it's all stuff that I actually use. You know, right. if I'm advertising right. your company, I will use it for a month before I'll talk yeah. about it. And like, you got to send me product, you got to give me access yeah. to the service, I'll use it for a month. Sometimes I pay for it so they don't know it's like a dummy account, like if you're interacting with people mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then I'm like, at the end of that month, I'm like, if it's good enough, and I've turned down more than I've said yes to, I think, at this point. Nice. Because it's always stuff that I know my audience will use. Yeah. I, I agreed to one thing, one time, um, that I didn't think was a good fit. I really liked it. It was like a financial app. Mm-hmm. And it was really helping me, but a lot of my audience is like broke gamers, right? Mm-hmm. And there's, they don't have a lot of money to have to manage. Yeah. And as they manage it, it's how much is my Xbox Live subscription <laughs> this month, right? right. So um, I, don't, I, you know, I didn't think it was going to be a good fit. And it, it turned out not to be a good fit. Great product, not a good fit. Mm. And that's the only time I've that ever... Happens. Yeah. Yeah, that happens. Yeah, that happens to us, too. That happens on this podcast a lot. <laughs> But when it works, man, it works. Yeah, yeah when so it works, I, it's work. I push for CPA because my audience takes really good care of me, and I only bring good... You have CPA? There. Yeah, I try to do the CPA ah. deals every time. That's interesting. I, 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 would, I would never choose to do that because right. it makes me feel like... I don't like... Maybe you like should explain the term for anyone who so doesn't CPA know. CPA means that um, cost per acquisition. So right. it means Boogie, he makes money for every sign-up. So people come. I guess there's two different ways a YouTuber can do a brand deal. One is that. So every time someone signs up using his link, he gets a certain commission. Right. And about half of my deals are still, um, still like, just pay for the spot. Fixed income. We'll give you X number of dollars just to give us a shout on the video. And Mm -hmm. then we're going to sink or swim based on that. And if we do better or do well enough, then we'll rebuy. It's more of a gamble for them. But it's more, for me, it's more of the consistency and I frankly I think that there's a lot more to doing a spot than just the numbers right like if you go do a commercial on television these people have no feedback they have no idea exactly if you roll a Toyota commercial during Jimmy Kimmel who knows how many Toyotas you sold but it's about the brand recognition exactly so I think that when you're selling yourself CPA first of all sometimes CPA can make you more if you're right of course it. right right but I think that it, it discounts half of what you're really doing for that brand we're just I, putting the name in people's brains. Since, since this is your podcast, I won't mention a brand. Um, but I worked with one brand that was a supernatural fit. In fact, we're filming a little something at VidCon this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and that'll go up probably next month. But um, it was such a natural fit. It paid like five months worth of my mortgage. and just Really? Like, yeah, it was like such a good It was a hybrid deal, too. So they paid for the spot. And then once you got past X number of sales, they paid for like a CPA deal. That's awesome. And it was dude. stupidly good. It was like such a good natural fit. It was such a good product. And don't you hate this right? this this whole sellout thing? Because when you find a good sponsor, and and in your case, you're like 
my I, my my number. I'm on a downswing. Right. But I'm doing better than ever. Right. That's such a fucking beautiful thing. Yeah, it's great. And my audience, to be honest with you, I thought my audience was going to rebel. Really? And, and they did when I first started doing brand deals because I was doing game-based brand deals. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I had a company come to me. Um, I, 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 you know, cause I don't want to talk about numbers cause depending on the YouTuber, some numbers are huge, some numbers are small, but they came to me and they're like, Hey, we'll give you like what you used to work for for a year <coughs> to do a mobile game. Shout out. Will you do our mobile game? <coughs> I won't pressure you to say, but feel free to. But it was, it was, it was uh, well, no, fuck you. Don't I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to, because I want to sure make anybody at home. listening is right? intrigued, but it's gonna, like, to some people it's going to sound like a huge number, and other people it's yeah. going to sound like a yeah. solid number. But it's enough to where I get a, a, quite a few mortgage payments out of it. That, and it's, okay, a, it's so, enough yeah. to where I was like, Jesus Christ, really? Yeah. Um, and so they're like, I'm like, what do you want? We want a 30-second spot out. We have a 30-second shout-out two minutes in to your gaming news series. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Jesus, that's like five times what somebody would normally pay. You people are insane. <laughs> so, the gaming shit is But the problem is it's a game. And I'm a game critic, and it's a gaming so news show, it's at, mm-hmm. right? In conflict with right, what and you're doing. so right. So I used to get flown out by Ubisoft all the time. I used to get flown mm-hmm. out uh, by EA. Wanted to work with me at some point. I used to get flown out by Sony, mm-hmm. and we were doing all these great deals. And they put you up in a nice hotel, and they take fly you to the parties, and you right. get to meet the game developers, and you're having the best time in your fucking life. And then I can also here's a big fat check. Thank you very much for just talking about our game. Right. But then when I talk about PlayStation next week, they're like, "Is he being honest though?" Mm-hmm. Because uh, obviously he doesn't want to burn that bridge. Yeah. yeah, and so they were like that. I just I basically had to abandon it. And I thought I would never have another brand deal again. Um, but then I talked to somebody who worked with another YouTuber I trusted. That YouTuber put in a referral, and and then it's just been off to the races. And, That's awesome. And That's the numbers awesome. just keep going higher and higher. And and um, I think a lot of it's because I I don't know. My audience is very engaged. I have such an incredible, loving, supportive audience. I'm just shocked by it mm-hmm. every day. And then I get to meet them at, like, next week at VidCon, even though last year's VidCon was a living hell for me. We'll talk about that if you want. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I got to... Um, right, the, the Anita Sarkeesian. Yeah, we effect. should talk about that. Ooh, but, uh, but, like, getting to meet the fans, man, at E3. I thought I was going to be able to do a lot more at E3 than I was going to be able to, but it turns out I just sat and, and shook hands for 45 minutes to an hour at a time, mm-hmm. and it's the best feeling in the world because my fans are so engaged. I also met a lot of people. I feel like you get down on yourself a lot, but like your your fan. I agree. The, your fans are super engaged. Yeah. The last episode we did together is one of our most popular. There's like two and a half million views, which is insane for a podcast. Yeah. Right. And this episode, just is right pro- now, the live views 40, are forty thousand, dude. That's one of that's probably insane. a top five. <laughs> I can't believe. Maybe that. even top that's three. Well, that's because I, I I think there's a lot of people out there. Somebody said to me. Um, my channel last in the last year was like a fucking slow motion car wreck. They're like, mm. I couldn't look away. And I don't know if you were going to die in the car accident or if your life was going to get spared. Right. I wanted to see how it happened, man. Right. And uh, that's all up on the channel. If somebody wants to go watch me talk about my divorce in slow motion or talk about the weight loss or see me at my fattest. It's, it's a reality show. In yeah. That's and um, I'm like, yeah, I get, I get that. But I didn't, I didn't really want to be a spectacle. But here's the thing. If people can learn from my mistakes, if they can learn from my divorce, if they can learn from my surgery, if they can fix their shit, Shit and 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 at least not make the same stupid mistakes I made, mm-hmm. then it's a life well lived, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I I don't I have no problems opening up as wide as I can and showing everything that I can. And if I'm just some like f- weird looking freak show to you, that's okay because at least you got a laugh out of it. But if we find something here that's useful in your life, that's the best feeling in the world, right? And that's what my fans are saying. So I was laying in bed when I, I brought a friend with me to E3, and he he says to me, he goes two thousand. I said what? He goes, that's the number of pounds just today people have told you that they've lost. Really? Wow. And he goes, and that's just the people who said it. 
And like, what have you been keeping track? And he goes, no, I was just trying to add it up. And I think it's right about 2,000 pounds, maybe 2,800. <laughs> that's, kind of, that's, that's pretty crazy. You know that, like, you, what you're going through. Yeah. And your whole journey is something that so yeah. many people are looking and you get, to. You get people to criticize me, like, he shows that it's okay to be fat. And I'm like, that's the opposite that's of my really message. My message is, yeah. it's so not okay. Look at this life that I'm leading, and I can't yeah. enjoy it because of my fat. Yeah. Right? Like, I'm not a body positivity person. Uh, in, in that you should love your body, but you should also try to change it for the better. Mm-hmm. What is it that people misunderstand about being like morbidly obese, right? Like you've been on that side. You've right. seen how people react. You're a reasonable, sane guy. So like, mm. a lo- well, I mean, I mean, no, but like you're, you're grounded enough to, to comment on it. Well, I, I don't know what I mean by that. I, I think a lot but, of people, I, I think a lot of people don't really understand that someone who eats themselves, somebody eats like a 50 pounds overweight, they're lazy and they like food. You get to 100 right. pounds overweight, you're really lazy and you really like food. Right. You get to two, 300 pounds overweight, Something something's else. fucking wrong. Something. You might have an injury maybe, um, or maybe you're eating to die. Yeah. And you get to three, four, 500 pounds overweight, that's somebody who's been molested. That's straight up. I can tell you that after or setting something it, that damaging, or right. are you just saying like it's, it's almost, almost exclusively molestation? Really? It's almost really? exclusively molestation. Wow. I'm so surprised by that. It's like ninety percent. Any like uh, studies about that? I don't. I'm sure they're done. I'm sure they are. But like mm-hmm. that's somebody who's like carrying some real fucking damage. Yeah. Nobody does that, right? Nobody drinks themselves to a gutter. Why do you think Nobody... that it? What it is it about? You know, the mole- or what is it about the food that like I think. I think when it comes to molestation, I think the phenomenon is because you received sexual attention you did not want. And so since we desexualize morbid obesity, mm. because someone who's fat is unattractive, oh, shit. they oh, they make a either subconscious or even conscious choice to make themselves mm. unattractive wow. to protect themselves. Wow. That makes so much sense. So. And I, I've seen studies like that, I've seen books write about that. And wow. I think I think I, I think that's a very real possibility. I don't think that's what I was doing. I think I was just trying to eat to die. I was just suicidal. And I'm like, this it's is, they would tell me when I was like 25, they'd be like, if you keep eating the way you eat, you'll be dead at 30. And I'd be like, awesome. There's a buffet on the way home. So I'm going to fucking hit really? that shit. Cause I would like to be you dead. You were that conscious about it. Yeah. I was like straight up. I was mm-hmm. like, that's awesome news. Thanks doc. I appreciate you. Um, I'll see if I can get that done. Was there a point where you're like, wait a minute, I want to live. Yeah, like 35, 36, and the, the YouTube thing started taking off, and I found an audience, and then good. like right. I, met, I met a girl that I really liked that I thought I was going to be with forever, and I'm like, you, you know what, I'm going to get this shit together, them. man. Like, holy shit, I have an opportunity yeah, exactly. to find an audience. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, I, I found an audience, and they cared about me, and I had friends that cared about me, and I had a girl that cared about me, and I'm like, this is a real chance. This is the thing I've been holding on for. This is the thing I was hoping for. This is the thing that I kept telling everybody else. Like, you know, when I talk to somebody else's suicide, I'm like, you just wait. Just wait and see. Something good will happen. Yeah, just wait and see. Mm-hmm. And uh, then that that thing happened. And I'm like, holy shit, they were all right. Mm-hmm. I waited. And here it is. Now I got to get my shit together. And it still took me seven years to get my yeah, shit together. It's tough. That's how fucked up I was. It still yeah. took me seven years. Mm-hmm. And I'm still a 400-pound man, so I still have a shitload of things to fix. <laughs> you know, but... I'm on the process. What kind of activities are you doing now that you're enjoying now that you can like never, you know, a year or two ago? I mean, the quality of sex got way better. I'm not having a lot of it, but the, what? I, the quality of sex oh, got a lot better. Sex. We went over that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. Just walking the dog was one of the first big achievements. Interesting. Oh, wow. You know, just being able to take him around the block a couple times. And, yeah. and, and then uh, I, the other day, after starting physical therapy, I've been at it for about four weeks. And I got out of bed, and normally when I would get out of bed, I'd set immediately down, and I would just sit there and grunt while I waited for my muscle relaxers to kick in and stuff. Mm. Um, but the dog wanted outside, so I let him out back, and I noticed he'd taken a toy outside, so I went back to get it, and I leaned down to pick it up, 
And I picked it up and I was like, my brain goes, oh, no, 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 we shouldn't be leaning over. Mm. And I'm like, no, we're fine now. Mm. <laughs> huh. And then I Just went. Just leaning over is right. incredible. It's simple. Act. Yeah. So I, I let him into the house and I let the dog into the house and I sat down on my chair and I'm like, I'm more uncomfortable sitting than I am standing mm. right now. What the fuck is going on? So I stood up. I started my physical therapy exercises. I had no painkillers. I had nothing. And I just started walking around the house. And I did a couple of chores and started a load of laundry and then sat down. And I'm like, huh, that's weird. So it's like it, the big stuff is great. You know, going to Disney maybe this week and, and, and being oh, able to actually wow. enjoy it or nice. or being able to walk up on stage without feeling embarrassed right. or right. or looking in the mirror and not throwing up, except when I look at my terrible <laughs> teeth. But um, – you know, like that stuff, but it's the it's the little stuff. It's the just the tiniest little quality of life things. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, is there something that you still look forward to? Like you're like, man, if I could just do this one little thing, I want to buy clothes off the rack one day. Yeah, that's it's going to be a while. You know, I still use um, like the only place I could find that had clothes my size was a, a, a place called King Size Direct, mm-hmm. and they still sell like nine X clothes. Um, nine X, nine X's, yeah. What size are you? Uh, I, I'm wearing four X everything now. Yeah. Um, 4Xs are a little tight up top, so the, the, I, I wore, brought a lot of my larger shirts to VidCon. This is mm-hmm. like a six, and look at it. It's a joke. Like, mm-hmm. why did I do that, you know? But I, uh, I, I feel like a little self-conscious in the, the upper region because of the old man tits. Uh, those aren't going away anytime soon, so there's going to be a period of time I'm shaped like a dick, you know? <laughs> uh, but that's fine. <laughs> do you feel... <laughs> Do you feel like people hate fat people? Oh, yeah, straight up. And Have you ever felt like just like pure like animosity from people that you didn't absolutely. know? Absolutely. And I mean, not just like, I mean, plenty. there's like plenty of internet people, but every if you're on the internet, you get used to getting hated, right? Every, yeah. Um, but there are people in real life. Uh, I went to a Walgreens in the middle of the night one night, and I was like fighting off a cold. So I got like some orange juice, and I got some cold medicine, mm-hmm. and I got a chocolate bar. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I tell the guy, I'm like, hey, man, how are you doing tonight? He's like, I'm doing all right. It's a tough night. I'm like, yeah, I'm sick as shit. And he goes, yeah, a lot of people are right now. Some of them not by choice. And he said that as he's ringing up my candy bar. Mm. And I'm like, fuck you, dude. Like, fuck you. I have the fucking flu. <laughs> you can't tell me. Like, fuck you. Um, Did you say anything? Yeah. Like, I, I was like, hey, that's cool, man. Uh, so can I talk to your manager? And he's like, oh, for what? I'm like, you know what? I'll wait till I get home. I'll call him. And I called the manager, and the manager took that guy's side. He's like, he's like, sir, you are very obese. And I'm like, that's not how I expected this to go. So I guess I'll just hang up. That's crazy. All right. You know, I, I one time I was in uh, Memphis, Tennessee, and um, it's right after that feeder I, I was dating would convince me that it would be okay. Like, I can't shop at Walmart, dear. Mm-hmm. But I want you to go to the Walmart. They have motorized scooters. You need to use them. Mm-hmm. I can't physically. I don't even know if I can be comfortable in those things. I don't know if they can carry me. Let's try it. This is my second time ever trying one of these things, and a guy gets behind me, and he's got, like, his shitty old flip phone from 2005, but he's, like, following me behind, and he's filming me. Really? And he's That's like, so look fun. at this big motherfucker. Look at how I've never seen nobody this big. Look wow. how big this motherfucker That's is. That's so fucked. Wow, and I'm like, wow, That's crazy, right? Um, it's like, and, dude. And, and, but I get it to some extent because you, you perceive it as gluttony. And you perceive it as selfishness, and you perceive it as laziness, and you perceive it as because like they don't all these terrible negative traits. They don't relate at all right. to what you're actually right. You don't perceive it as, as coping. When they you gain weight, they, it's because they let themselves go for a right. week. You don't, people don't perceive it as coping. They don't perceive it as, as dealing with the molestation. They don't perceive it as addiction. They don't perceive it as that. Right, mm-hmm. and that's true of homeless people. A lot of people find homeless people contemptible. Hmm. You know, but you, you look true. at some of the numbers, yeah. and they say that you know actual homeless people, not necessarily you know your 
your guy on, on, on the street corner with a cell phone in his hand, you know, but like the actual people in, in New York who sleep in a fucking gutter, most of them have mental illnesses. Of course. But we think of them as disgusting, dirty people. That's the thing. A lot of people just don't, not very good at empathy. Mm-hmm. I'm not that great at it, honestly, so I can't blame them. Um, it's tough. You know, it's hard to think about anybody outside of ourselves, but it, I think if you really ever sat down and talked to a person of size, you'll, you'll understand where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. And right. there's plenty of people out there doing me a great fucking disservice by, <laughs> like, all this health at any size shit. Fuck you. <laughs> like, seriously, fuck you. Well, the, these, these are, like, predominantly, like, plus-size models who are, like, don't, don't tell me, like, that being fat is unhealthy or they'll say stuff like that or yes. this. Or that being fat is is beautiful or whatever. Or overweight. And there are people out there who find fat very beautiful, and that's great. And you're right. You are beautiful to some extent, and you're still another person, and that is beautiful, and that's all great. But understand that what you're doing is absurdly unhealthy. I find, yeah. And you're damaging your organs. You're damaging your bones. You're going to suffer d- d- tremendously in your late 30s yeah. and early 40s, and you'll be dead by 50. So The whole off. healthy at every side. Well, it's like almost oxymoronic, like healthy at every side. Yeah. It's like, it's no, just not a thing. It's just not a thing. And I'm sorry. Do, they, it, do they really believe that? I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I think there's there's a certain amount of self-delusion you have to go through to be yeah. a certain size and to do that stuff. And maybe there is some level of that. I'm all for body positivity it, to some extent. I'm all for it. Well, there's, yeah, there's right, a difference you, between being like, I'm healthy at 400 pounds and like, please don't film me. Right, right. And like, if you're 500 pounds and you're like, you know what? I want to change. But I don't hate myself. Mm-hmm. I think that's very positive, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you're 500 pounds, you're like, I love being 500 pounds. If 500 pounds is who and what I want to be, and I don't give a shit about the health ramifications. I don't give a shit about the fact that I'm dying. I don't give a shit about it. That's not healthy. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's crazy. You're yeah. being crazy. Stop. Yeah. You know. So yeah. I don't know. It's it's tough, man. It's it's I it's fine. Most people are empathetic. Most people are kind. You got to concentrate on on the the, the healthy people, mm-hmm. especially as a YouTuber. Or anything you do in life, at your job, at whatever you know, at at school, whatever you're dealing with, there's gonna be plenty of people in this world who who don't like you. Oh yeah, and the mass majority of people will never know who the fuck you are or give a shit. Yeah, there's gonna be a small number of people in this world that give a shit about you. Mm. You gotta concentrate on the people who give a shit about you. That's the only people that matter, right? Mm-hmm. If somebody <laughs> fucking despises you or hates you or fucking whatever, they don't like the way you do your job, they don't like the way you create content, they don't like you as a person, there's a family member who doesn't like them, fuck them, it's their problem, deal with it. Deal with your fucking problem, it's not mine. I'm gonna be me, yeah. and I'm gonna love the people who love me. That's great. And eat shit. And eat shit. Eh, <laughs> eat shit if you don't like it. <laughs> yeah. So let's, let's talk about VidCon last year. Ooh. The great, notorious Anita Sarkeesian. And I got shit from both sides. I got shit from Anita's fans. Let's 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 set the uh, let's place okay. the setting. So so, wh- so what happened last year? I get invited to be on a panel for cyberbullying, which is a topic I talk about quite a bit. Right. Um, and my premise for cyberbullying has always been very simple. Doesn't matter who you are. You put yourself out there. You're gonna catch shit. Mm-hmm. Um, when a woman says I catch it worse than you, I say probably. But you know what? We're both getting it. So we should both work on it. When a person so, of color says, I get it worse, I say, you're probably right, but we're both getting it. Yeah. And we should both work on it. So you know? your point going into that panel, I mean, people knew that was your position. Right. You had spoken about right. it. And I think VidCon knew when they asked me to be on it. Right. Is that I am here as a person, I'm going to repeat the thing that got me in so much trouble, mm-hmm. but here I am sitting in a place of perceived privilege. Mm-hmm. I am straight. I am white. I am male. Mm-hmm. And you guys think that makes me bulletproof. Right. But it doesn't. Yeah. Because I've had people show yeah. up my front door to say nasty shit to my face. Mm-hmm. And I've had them send boxes of shit to my front door. I've had them send black dildos to boxes my PO box. Boxes of shit? Boxes of shit. That's bio. Really? Actual boxes of shit. 
Um, what ha- did you open did it? Like, happen- tell me about. They it. sent it to the wrong address. They the, the wrong address got leaked, so it was my friend's house. Oh, and he's like, that. "Hey, you got this in the mail? Brought it to me, handed it to me, opened it up, and it was a box of horse shit." And they're like, fuck you for Xbox or something like that. I think it was Xbox related. <laughs> and somebody sent me like a 12-inch dildo to the uh, P.O. box. It's like, now you can finally satisfy your wife. Enjoy consummating your marriage with this thing. Or Damn, oh. people are fucking right. insane. And so like, you deal with that shit. Now, I do not doubt for a second that plenty of women get it worse. Yeah. You know? And I don't doubt for a second that a person to call. You say that to me, I believe you. I've got no reason not to believe you. Mm-hmm. That's fine. But I, I, my point on that panel is to say, if you're a straight white man and you're in this audience and you think you're immune to it, Get to my level of notoriety, and you'll get shit too. Well, it's a good point, and because they're all about inclusion, right? Right. But they're but at the on what inclusion sometimes results in is alienating right the yeah. majority of the population, right. which are you know, and you get white, what I, ma- straight what, white males, for example. Yeah, and you get a lot of what you call the oppression Olympics, right? Like, no, I have it worse. No, I have it worse. Yeah. No, I have it worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about this? The human condition fucking sucks. The world we've created is a shit show. Social media is fucking destroying all of us, <laughs> and we yeah. just work on that at a base level. And maybe Let's we don't exclude the straight white men who also could help. <laughs> How about we don't exclude anybody? How about we all just work together? Yeah. Let's just do that. Yeah. yeah. And that was my goal going to that panel. And Anita, in my closing statements, that's basically word for word what I said. And then we got off stage and she puts her finger in my face and she's like, I don't fucking appreciate what you fucking said up there, knowing I didn't have a chance to fucking respond. And I'm like, it was closing statements. Everybody got a chance to close. <laughs> they went to you next immediately after me. I don't understand. But like what I originally told but her. But she's, like, she's bullying you. Right. She's like straight up furious. All right, right. All right. Now that this bullying. I wouldn't call it bullying, but I mean, she's mad. I mean, you know? she's got her finger in your right? face. And, and how dare and you so disagree with me? I'm like, look, I have diagnosed post-traumatic stress disorder. I yeah. depersonalize during moments of great stress. I'm already in a lot of pain. That pain was very hard on me. You're now, you know, got your finger in my face. We need to back off for a second because I might say or do some stupid shit and I don't want to do that, okay? So why don't we talk about this, right? What and, were you afraid of doing? I don't know, it's, it's firing back, putting my finger in her face, screaming right. at her. I don't want to scream Escalating. at a woman who's, you know, a quarter of my weight. I don't want to hurt anybody. I don't want to scream at anybody, Yeah. you know? Um, and I think a lot of people misperceive that as we don't want to scream at her because she's so powerful. No, I just, she's a fellow human being. I don't ever want to be caught on video, much less actually screaming in the face of another person. Mm-hmm. I don't ever want to reciprocate. If somebody's mean to me, I don't want to be mean back. Right. Um, but I will do that when they depersonalize because I'll go into fight or flight and then I'll let go. And then I, sure. I'm, I, I will call her every name of the book. I don't want to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, can we talk about this somewhere safe? And she's like, yep. So we go backstage and I talked to her for an hour. And here's what I will say, and I think this is the thing that got me in more trouble than anything. I think Anita Sarkeesian's goals might be genuine. And I know that's hard for a lot of people to understand. Ah, you have to accept that, I um, feel like. I think a lot of people feel that she's like a con artist and they, they, yeah. that she's like just grifting. And By the, the way, maybe we should explain who she is. She's like, who, how right. would you describe her? She's it's like, like a, a video game journalist, critic. Right. And, critic. and she had a series called Feminist Frequency and mm-hmm. she took like a bunch of uh, GoFundMe money or something like that to build the series. Um, and there's like, before she made the series, she said some things like, I'm not a gamer. I don't like video games. Yeah. But then like she was, a, a you know, now she's like she's really good at gaming and stuff. But the stuff that I've seen her do is like really trashy, misleading stuff. Like she's walking through like a hitman game and murdering strippers. Right. Which is like not what you're supposed to do. Right. Mm. And then she's like, look how misogynist this game is. Uh-huh. You're murdering right. strippers. Uh-huh. Right. And it's like, well, that's what you chose and to she, yeah. Right. And she, she she would very frequently like show stuff like that to prove really the point. Nasty. But the, to a gamer who's knowledgeable, that seems very uh, like stupid. misleading. Yeah. And there's plenty of stuff that you could show that actually might represent that point. Why are you choosing this? And I think mm-hmm. a lot of that had to do with the writers and that, that she may not be that versed and stuff like that. 
That's all fine. Well, anyway, she's very controversial. Very controversial. And I would say known for for being quite right. And a lot of people, a lot of people do not find her to be genuine specifically for reasons like that. Sure. Um, And having spoke with her for about an hour. Well, uh, and her point is that she's a feminist. So she thinks that like there's a ton of misogyny in video games. Right. And And that like it reinforces that. And like she would pick like some of the weirdest battles like. Miss Pac-Man negatively reinforces female stereotypes like, because she's the Mrs. version of a male character. And, like, what the fuck? Like, I don't understand that. It's Pac-Man that. with a fucking bow. Right. <laughs> you Move know, on. But most people agree with, like, some of her base points. Like, hey, should there be an equal number of female protagonists as male protagonists? Sure, why not? Who, why, why not? So my favorite game star female protagonists. Let's do that. Yeah, yeah. More female protagonists. Should they be sexy? Sometimes, sure, and sometimes not. That's also okay. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Whatever you want to do. Like, so, you're the game designer. Make a cool game. You know, but like I think most people would agree with her. So uh, she's as controversial. There's definitely a point to make. It's just like it depends how you do it, right? And well, that's and I think that's her biggest issue. Like yeah. her, her methodology is 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 very not, it's not great. Honest. It's so, it, and maybe not even that. It's so combative. Mm-hmm. It's right. the opposite yeah. of what I do. It's right? not yeah. really breaking through. Right. It's more like divisive. I've always believed in boiling the frog, right? Like, I have always believed, hey, we should have same-sex marriage. I love same-sex marriage. Let's do it. But the problem is, we try to get it done right now. There's going to be a huge backlash, okay? So let's let's try to do it in 20 years, in 10 years, and let's see if we can avoid the backlash, right? Let's just, like, slowly, methodically change minds. I've always been a big fan of slowly, methodically changing minds because I don't like it when gay people get killed. I don't like it when somebody gets murdered for being gay. So let's not rile up the fucking crazies, okay? Mm-hmm. Let's just go slow and easy. Mm-hmm. Her methodology is to rile up the crazies, get right in the face, right. put a finger in their face and say, I don't like fucking what you're fucking saying. And that's yeah. fine. Um, but I think I think after talking to her for an hour, she on some level definitely wants what's best and doesn't understand that her methodology is very poor. Mm-hmm. And maybe she's wrong about that. And that's entirely for your audience to decide. That's for my audience to decide. That's fine. Here's what I can say. I came out thinking, I just kind of feel bad for her. Because I think that she, you know, wants to build something great, but keeps knocking it down herself Mm. every single time. Mm. And I'm just like, okay, I don't really have a bone to pick with this woman anymore because I just kind of feel like bad. And Mm -hmm. so she, hopefully she'll figure it out. You know, hopefully she'll figure out how to get an audience. Hopefully she'll figure out how to keep an audience. And hopefully she'll figure out something that's very difficult to do, which is change people's minds. Right. And so I told her in this conversation, this is my favorite conversation I had with her. A part you of said the something in there that got you in trouble. Which part? Oh, maybe I missed it. Oh, the, the, yeah. I, said, I said that um, just even recognizing that I was a straight white male and that not that I personally perceive that gives me privilege, but that I was trying to say you guys perceive that it gives me privilege. Right. That's the label you put on me. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it really provides that much privilege for me. Where was it when I was homeless? Where was it when I was growing up in poverty? I don't know. I don't know what it was doing for me then. But okay, yeah. if you believe that, know that it doesn't make me bulletproof on this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, uh, during the conversation with her, we talked about a great number of things. Probably the, the most frustrating thing she said to me, she said, Steve, people, the reason you still get that kind of hate where a straight white man would not is because of your morbid obesity. That's what they're attacking. <laughs> And I'm like, no, they're attacking me as a person. Come on, Like, they're lady. attacking me as a person. We all get shit. That, we right? all catch shit. Right? But, again, I don't know why she wanted to minimalize me to that. But I was like, I find that very... Well, because she's playing the oppression Olympics. Right. She's like, yeah. yeah, sure, you get bullied. I'm like, I find that very minimalizing. And I, of course it is. Here's the thing. Yeah. If you're telling me that straight white male is a magic bullet, then that should provide that should prevent me from having that problem, right? right. No matter how morbidly obese I am. No exception. Right? We're, we didn't say straight white male skinny. 
Yeah. <laughs> we just get straight white male. Yeah. And right. that does not make me bulletproof. So I don't know what to tell you. We need to fit. Right. But the, we said fit, some. Yeah, we have. All, we, white, we have straight male. Yeah. We said some good stuff too, and she said some some pretty cool stuff. I, and you know, I, it wasn't all bad. But she she's she's like, what kind of audience do you have? I saw you meet. You met with Sargon yesterday. I'm like, yeah, I talked to Sargon every once in a while. Man, he's not a terrible guy. Like I don't agree with most of the shit he says sometimes, but that's fine. I think people like her. That's just not good. Is like you said, how she just. It's so much like them versus us. Mm-hmm. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? And yeah. I'm so really not like right. that. So she's like... Like, I'm sure even if she sat down with Sargon, they could probably work out some difference. Right. And that's the thing I'll say. My methodology, a lot of people don't agree with it, okay? But here's the thing. I got an hour alone with Anita Sarkeesian. Mm-hmm. You think Sargon's ever going to get an hour alone with her? Mm-hmm. She, she sat down and talked to me for a full fucking hour and listened to me and heard me out. And I'll tell you, dismissed everything I had to say. <laughs> but that's she fine. Listened. She listened. Yeah. Sargon's never going to get that. Sounds like it caused you so much stress, though. Oh, so bad. I thought, I thought it was really ruined. Ruined. Like, It was very Even right now, it was like, I thought it ruined everything. It sounds like all you gave is just another perspective yeah. to look at a, yeah. uh, at a topic. But like, yeah. you're like, here's my perspective. It's, just Right, and you know, like, I don't put any of it on VidCon, um, and I don't put any on Hank, I don't put it on any of those guys. There was a big, but like, there job. was some fallout. Like, I remember even VidCon tweeting about, there was all kinds of... That whole panel was fuck was right. surrounding her was dramatic. Was you, so oh yeah, because the day before, the day before yeah. Sargon showed up and sat in the yeah. front row, Just and she there. decided to basically address Sargon being in the front row and called him a bunch of names and stuff. Which I don't know, you know, I don't think that was right to do. I would have never well, done that. Just play it I cool. I can't even imagine Just that. Play it cool, right? But she did <laughs> yeah. that. She's like, and this fucker right here, and fuck that guy. And I'm like, whoa, why? <laughs> Yeah. Why? Like, what Just is the chill. advantage to that? I don't Take know. Take the high road for once. Right? Like, who life. are you teaching a moment to there? Yeah. So mm-hmm. anyway, in our conversation, she's like, "What is your audience like? I bet it's a bunch of a bunch, a bunch of a bunch of gamers. I bet it's a bunch of those conservative gamers." I'm like, "Well, conservative, conservative gamers. To be honest with you, um, <laughs> I did a cons- poll right after the election, and about twenty some percent of my audience could or did not vote, hmm. and about thirty some percent of my audience voted for Hillary, hmm. and about thirty percent of my audience voted for Trump." And she's like, doesn't that fucking disgust you? And I'm like, it's no, pretty much no, 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 well, no, 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 It's pretty much, much just a sample of the equal, demographic. Yeah. Right. I'm like, you, it's, it's almost 30, 30, 30. But it, yeah. that's, a, that's a demographic. That, that's just a sample of the population. Right. I'm like, that to me is a tremendous triumph. That means my message yeah. can be heard by anybody. And I'm like, doesn't it disgust Anita, you that everyone that watches you doesn't agree with everything you say? Right. <laughs> I'm like, Anita, when you talk, who listens? People already choir, agree with you, the choir, right? Yeah. But when I talk, who listens? People who may not agree with me, mm-hmm. right? And so I, I lean moderately left, just slightly to the left, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so if somebody who's far right hears me say something that's moderate, then they might move closer towards moderate. Yeah. And then, Anita, you can pick them up from there and take them all the way to the goalpost, right? <laughs> but th- that's not for me to do because I don't give a shit about your goalpost. That's your goalpost. Right. I give a shit about the logical, sane middle. And if I can bring somebody back from either side, and I get it, if I pull somebody from your team back towards center, that's bad. I understand that. But I'm bringing back people towards the logical thinking middle when I talk about the stuff. And I think that's where we all need to be because that's how our country works, right? Mm-hmm. Agreeing to disagree right. kindly and sweetly and, and, and then battling into the courts, battling into the polls. That's fine. That's where we're supposed to do it. Not in the fucking streets. The way you are doing it, people are getting fucking killed in Charlottesville. What are you fucking kind of, doing? Right. What are you fucking doing? Yeah. And I don't know. That's you know. So I, I thought my career was over after the last VidCon. I thought I was just done. My uh, the people on the left were fucking mad at me. The people on the right were fucking mad I think at it's me. It's like yeah. But you know, here's the thing: the people in the middle were like, oh no, he's right. That's cool. 
Yeah. And that's 80% well, you don't of hear us. That's them. 90% of us. Yeah, you don't hear them. It's yeah. happened to me so many times where, like, people get mad at me. It's inevitable. And, oh, because like, you're a and, Nazi dog whistler, Ethan. <laughs> apparently, I'm a fucking neo-Nazi alt-writer. <laughs> yeah. Who chose which to is marry so an Israeli Jew. Right. Wow. No shit. <laughs> well, no. G- Israeli Jews, you can't, there's nothing more Nazi on the wor- in the world right now. <laughs> Don't you know, Elo? So you're like a war trophy, I guess. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> right? Um, well, no. People... Well, at any rate, that's a whole different thing, but... Um, Fuck, what was I talking about? Just that talking you about get you so much hate. The thing is, you, you hear all the clamoring and all the everyone who's so pissed comes like to all their communities and to your feed. Right. And they all, they're all there supporting each other and upvoting and liking. And you, and you feel when you look at it like, oh my God, everybody fucking hates me. It's tough. It's but the really real hard. truth is that it's just like all these fucking people that are just so riled up. And when they go away after a couple of days, the other ninety percent or more that weren't really right didn't really fucking find it to be that big of a deal at all. Then they they, they, they disappear. Yeah, they're there. The mass majority of people, mass, yeah. mass majority of people, probably ninety eight percent watched eighty percent of the video. Are like, I agree with this, or I disagree. Yeah. With they're this. like, yeah, whatever. Like, that was entertaining. Yeah. Uh, and then they watch the next video. Yeah. And then they like go to Things bed. When you have how many how many subscribers you have? Of like 4.5 million, but I only have like a couple hundred thousand. <laughs> but but those are people right? that know who you are. Yeah. So 10% of that, you know, is 400,000 people. Yeah. So at at that level, 400,000 people, which is only 10% who are really fucking angry at you, seems like the whole world's angry at you. Right. But then when they disappear, you realize it's especially it like matter. people on 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 and in power. Like some of these journalists, I literally got like thrown under the bus by a a. Uh, a journalist from the New Yorker recently, because I said something that I wasn't particularly proud of um, on Twitter, and, and when I was, went back to read the message, it sounded very, very wrong. Mm-hmm. But in context, with the the other tweets that went with it, it was fine. But when they isolated that one thing, I love that dog. By the way, he's such a surrogate Sammy since I I've been here. Yeah, he's the best. Such a good boy. He's the best. Um, but like when, in that one, taken out of context and then put into their context because they quote retweeted. Mm-hmm. And and they're only doing it because like they get extra followers mm-hmm. from it and they get like the people invested like oh he's so right he's so woke he's so whatever mm-hmm. and they have like no interest in seeing my point of view or seeing what it is I'm trying to say mm-hmm. um, perfect example the Roseanne Barr thing mm-hmm. um, I think you, you had a little trouble so I don't want to bring that up but I, I said that racism this is the way I worded it it's an incorrect way to word it I said racism has a place in this com- in comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, what I meant by that Maybe was... Maybe racial tropes. Right, that's what I meant. I was, and not even necessarily that. Yeah. I think the way um, Dave Chappelle... He talked about race. ...the black-white supremacist sketch is one of the most amazing sketches of my life, and it's so educational, so, so eye-opening. Well, you mean right? it's nothing's off-limit. You right. can talk, talk about, about race. To some extent, anything, right? and, and I don't necessarily funny. So. Right, and I don't necessarily yeah. think Roseanne Barr should be calling people Planet of the Eight Monkeys and shit. That's fine. Fuck her. But what I am saying is there is a way... To approach that topic, that is useful, that is interesting, that is knowledgeable, and it shouldn't be a taboo topic that you can never touch. Mm-hmm. What Roseanne Barr did was not funny, mm-hmm. and I, she should know better. Yeah. Um, but make it funny, make it interesting, make it educational, make me learn from it. And I love the topic of race. And when the the Boondocks did it, or when Richard Pryor did it, or Eddie Murphy did it, or or Dave Chappelle, mm-hmm. and I know these are all people of color. Um, so I'll even go uh, to say early Lisa Lampanelli, her her very, very racist humor mm-hmm. was interesting sometimes because 
it was always in favor of people of color. Mm -hmm. And I feel like even a bigot who's listening to that gets a, a positive feeling at the end. It's like, oh, maybe she's right. Maybe that ain't so bad, right? And that has a place. Right. And so, I don't know, but I got in a lot of trouble. I had like a couple sponsors rattling cages, and they're like, oh, that's a bad statement. I don't like what you're saying there. And I'm like, I get that. I'm not defending Roseanne. And they're like, oh, okay. All right, then that's fine. If you're not defending Roseanne. It's just, you know, sometimes I'm, I've learned. Sometimes you just got to fuck. I'm talking for myself. Of course. Just, well, I heard Howard Stern say this. I thought it was great. He's like, just sit down and shut up. Nobody needs your fucking opinion all the time. Right. <laughs> and that was the problem I made. I just, I, I saw something and I rattled off a statement that I came, I, that I later disagreed with because whatever. Right. Because you didn't even actually look because, into be, the whole. Because I fucking, I think that I know what I'm talking about. I get the information and I just, I'm like, you know, fuck this. But it's like nobody fucking asks for your opinion, dude. Nope. Just shut up and sit down. And then, but then you, you know get. But mean? then you also then go the back on your opinion. You know, you change. You can change your opinion, but you already said it. I know Twitter. that's the problem, and, and that's all that matters. Is and that one fine. time you weren't I, right. educated, but now that you're educated, that still follows you, right? Twenty yeah, years later, and, ten and years then, later. And then people are like, you make an apology, and people are like. It's even like, worse. It's, you it's let even those, worse. It's even worse You're now. a fucking cuck, you piece of shit. You no, let those it, SJWs win. No, it wasn't that. It was the people who were mad originally. It was proof that... Your apology I, is not good enough? I was just saying it. Did you know, because, do, you know, do you know what my initials are? My initials are... My name is Stephen Jason Williams. I'm the original SJW. I was putting that in the <laughs> Pac-Man fucking high score screens. That's fucking Back before great. that phrase was ever... People noticed that. I saw they saw my E3 badge. <laughs> but yeah, that's the thing. Like, I don't know. We, we, we always get judged by, like, the one stupid thing we've ever done, the one stupid thing we said... And if that's the case, we're all going to be found pretty shitty, right? That's, yeah. And then people try to overcompensate because we all know we've made a stupid mistake, right? So we try to be super woke. We're extra woke. I'm My name on Twitter is not Boogie2988. It's Boogie Kill the Nazis 2988. Why? I don't understand that shit. It doesn't make I, any sense my, to me. What I've learned and what I'm trying to implement is just like to be more thoughtful before I speak. Because I've always had a problem where I just, I have, just talk too quickly and I need to fucking just shut up I have, and say something like in a way that I can stand behind it. I don't take Ambien, but yeah. I do have that, you know, personality. So that post-traumatic stress disorder. And I do depersonalize or disassociate or whatever you call. And I'm not making smart choices most of the time I do that. Mm. And so some of the worst things I've ever said on Twitter, some of the things that got me in the most trouble, I own it still. Still mine. Yeah. Still me. Yeah. I, even though I was on Ambien, I still did it. And I have to pay the price, right? Mm -hmm. That said... Some of the stupidest shit I've said are misworded it or, or made it misinterpretable. I said it when I wasn't in the thinking frame of mind. Well, I, like in the, in the case of what you said, you said there's a place for racism. I know what you meant. Obviously, that is not worded well. No, that's not what I meant at all. It's not, yeah. I'm not so, saying you should treat black comedians worse than like white comedians. Want. That's not what I'm fucking saying, people. How are you getting that from it? I'm not saying that a white comedian should make jokes about black people and how disgusting and awful they are. That's not something I'm saying you should ever fucking do. I'm not saying that black people are discussing her awful. I'm saying that's what that comedian would say. Jesus Christ. It's, it, it makes you neurotic. It makes you fucking neurotic. It really does. And when you took a week off of social media, I was like, oh, God, it's got to be so fucking nice. It was. It was. It was great. I, and I've I, still kind of kept it in a way. I don't check it as much anymore. Good. I'm, I haven't, I'm, but I, uh, I need to. I check. So I'm, I'm, I'm I, off. I'm pretty much off Twitter and Instagram for the most part. Like, yeah. I'm not. Like before, I was like, I have to post every day, right, to like stay to keep up, right. But I'm, I'm like off. 
Mm-hmm. I try to post and not even look at some of the responses. I love my audience's responses, and I try to. But the very first negative one, I'm like, okay, I'm done. That'll yeah, be, that's but not I don't even want so the first negative one. All right, because mm-hmm. ignorance is bliss. I do something that uh, the late great John Bain, Total Biscuit, um, had trouble with his entire life. Is I seek the negative. And we all I do. will we go to, do. there's like a forum that exists out there that's just dedicated to making fun of YouTubers. Hey, Ian, can you like grab Shredder? Most fucked up subreddits, and I'll like find the people who hate me, and I'll just read their it's, shit. Yeah. And we it, all I'll go you, through that. There's one, horrible. there's one Redditor, I swear to God. Shreddy. If, if, I, if I ever get shot in the head. This is the guy? He's the guy. Oh, God. He that sounds horrifying. Oh. He's like posting literally every day about me two, 10, 15 times a day. It's insane. It's insane. That's and the shit he's saying is like straight up crazy. Oh, God. All right, we are nearing two hours. Oh, yay. We zipped and zapped through (laughs) this. So I want to close up because the first time we didn't get the chance to ask you this, but this is kind of a segment that's popped up since the last time you were here a year ago. Do you have any ghost stories or paranormal? We did the ghost story. Oh, wait, we fuck. did. I look yeah. back. I we were damn it. It's one. I think one of your. It's on <laughs> no. the video. Yeah, I talked about meeting the ghost of my mom. Oh my god! Right. It was so now good. I People remember. loved it. <laughs> we kept talking about end. it, and we were like, "No, that segment didn't exist oh, then." No. So we you did. Fucker. Now give me something good. Cut this part. Shit. Here's what I will tell you to the people at home, okay? Uh, let, me, let, me, let me give you a second to think, okay? Those of you who are out there who have been watching me fail, I have tread water, and I have drowned, and I've sucked in more water than I spat out. It's been a shitty seven years on YouTube. I've done some stupid shit. And I got to tell you, if someone as dumb as me <laughs> can get their shit together, if someone is lazy and is fucked up and, like, with all the damage that I've got carrying around, all this baggage... You, if I can get my shit together, if you're listening at home, know that you can get your shit together. And and I probably will not always be successful. I'm very aware that I might not lose every pound that I want to lose. I might very well die of a heart attack sometime next year. I don't fucking know. I don't know how this story plays out. Here's what I do know. I'm having the time of my life. I'm studying with two of my favorite creators in the world right now. I got a cute little puppy mm. right here. I'm going to go meet my fans tomorrow. They're going to shake my hands. I, I got to go to E3. I got to meet Kojima. I, I got to meet some of the best game developers in the world. I got to sit down with the folks at CD Projekt Red who are making Cyberpunk. And, and when they did the intro for the demo, they said, what's up, ladies and gentlemen of E3? They did my YouTube <laughs> intro, <bad>. right? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm living, and if I, if I thought this was going to happen five years ago, seven years ago, ten years ago, I never thought I would dug my way out of this hole and found some joy. And maybe you won't experience the same things I'm experiencing, but you'll experience some joy. Right, so just get your shit together, and and don't make the stupid mistakes I made of just waiting to die or fighting to die. Like I saw Fight Club, and I just made the stupidest decisions. I was like, no, am I really trying to hit rock bottom? I'm not. I should really try. Like I made that decision. I made that conscious decision after seeing that movie in '97 or whatever. Um, Just don't be that guy. Just, just. And if I, if I get my shit together, you can get your shit together, and you deserve it way more than I do. So do it. God bless. Yeah, it's beautiful. Thanks, Hopefully man. we can do this again. Yeah, see you in a year. another year. Check see you in a year. And well, see um, what, yeah. Come we back sh- in here, look like the, the fat picture. <laughs> oh, oh no. God, let me yeah. tell you something. Uh, I discovered yeah. there's a new Shake Shack in my hometown. Well, I whatever it is, Shack. whatever it is, <laughs> we should do this in a year. Oh, yeah. And I'm glad we circled back. Yay. I am too. This was awesome. I uh, When I sat here last year and I was talking big, I said to myself, I'm going to do it. But I wonder if I will. Mm. And I did. You did, most and definitely. That's cool. <laughs> and I can't wait for next year. I want to see even, uh, you're going to be even another, fucking Another 100 pounds down, another skin 100 surgery, pounds. and uh, hopefully up and running. And 
I'll probably never be a skinny person. I'll never, I'll never be as, as tiny as, as little shredder down there, <laughs> or even it. as you. Well, you well, you've shit. already achieved right. so, so much in the year. So, now, I, you know, if I die tomorrow, if I, if he, I, if I went to my hotel tonight and lay down in bed, and didn't wake up. It was a life well lived, and I'm very happy with that. But I'm looking forward to coming back next year and talking about all the other hookers I've banged or whatever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. Well, yeah. Keep, I, I, we're all rooting for you. Thanks, man. I appreciate it, man. And your support, I, you know, people don't know this, but I talked to Ethan right after the divorce. I talked to you. I talked to so many creators, the YouTube community, so many people in, in, on the other side of it, the 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 the, the fans and you guys carried me through this. I mean, you know, I heard from you in DMs. I heard from DeFranco. I heard from Hank Green. I heard from John. I heard from Tolarian Community College. I know you, none of you know who he is, but if you like magic content, check him out. He was one of the closest friends I could ask for. And mm-hmm. Wedge, who's another com- creator who's currently just got out of back surgery, uh, go mm-hmm. check out his GoFundMe. He needs your help. Um, but it, it just, like, I, I couldn't believe. I felt when that month and a half... Before I could tell anybody, mm. I felt so alone in that month I spent separated. Mm. I felt so alone. I had my friends, but it was tough because I couldn't even really talk to them about it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but the day I made that video, and then you reached out, and, and Hank, and DeFranco, and Jack, and just God. Truth is, we all know how fucked it is. So I think we all support each other. Yeah. Especially like on a personal level. Yeah. Well, I, I think when I was depersonalized, when I was, when I was, was, going through that and I can't even remember things I said and did you guys carried me through it the audience that's listening right now at home you guys carried me through it I don't think I would have been successful without you I don't think I would have pulled anything off without you guys so thank you God bless yeah. can't wait to see you next year Boogie yay thank you everybody for watching and check out his channel if you haven't of course, obviously oh, yeah. Boogie yeah you can go see some real melodramatic shit <laughs> check out the video I'm dropping tomorrow I think you're going to be super sad but it felt really good to get off my chest um and, if, and when you listen to the stories, don't feel bad for me. That's not what I'm interested in. I'm interested in you realizing if I can survive that, you can survive anything. So, God yeah. bless. Yeah. Guys, thanks again. This was a great, this was, this was so, I, I just want to give a shout out to everybody on YouTube. We hit 40,000. Yeah, views. unbelievable. That's so awesome. That's crazy, man. Thank you oh, guys shit. so much. That's wow. just a blast. Um, guys, next week we have Chris D'Elia coming on Friday at the usual time, right, Dan? That's right. Uh, and the, I didn't hear you, but maybe they did. And the week afterwards, we've got Bo Burnham. I'm so jealous. I thought about it's just staying here. It's gonna be great. <laughs> I I, then I got a. Then I got a. Shreddy's trying to get out. Then I get to go see his movie. I think. I'm Friday. excited. Oh. We're seeing a screener on. It's Friday. When Is it at 10 a.m.? Because I mine's at 10 a.m. No, mine's at seven that night. Yeah. Oh. We're seeing it before he comes on, but I'm excited. I'm so excited. I can't. I can't. It's exciting. The, the movie looks amazing. It, like it's getting one. really good reviews. Yep. And uh, I, I'm i actually such a Bo Burnham can you, fan. Can you grab Shredder, uh, Dan? I'm actually such a Bo fan. It's actually a little creepy at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Bo. Oh. Oh, are you okay, Shredder? All right. Let's wrap this up before Shredder dies. <laughs> no? Shredder. All right, guys. Thank you all. We'll see you next Thank week. You. Thank you for watching. We love Thank you. you. We appreciate Thank you. you. I got blessed. And I hope you've enjoyed the experience. The experience. What an experience. I am truly saved the now. The experience. You. Hallelujah. See you next time, guys. Thanks for watching. <laughs>